Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. You got it? You good? I'm good? Go, We're good? Go forth. Okay. Go forth. <laughs> young Chariot. <laughs> what? I don't know. Chariots aren't old or young. They're certainly not I mean, sentient. I guess they are. They're not sentient, but I... They, well, I mean, I guess know, they can age. Pixar might have something to say about that. Entirely fair. Welcome in, <laughs> welcome into DC on screen, <laughs> episode four forty four. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host David C. Robertson. This is my co-host Jason Goss. Hello. Uh, not even a week, not even a week from our uh, Justice League review, which is still it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube in, in video form, and of course the audio feed that you're so used to hearing us on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to take this time very quickly to remind you that we are on Twitter and Facebook, but if you really want to help the show, uh, we are now accepting reviews on Facebook, and uh, as well as, obviously, iTunes. Uh, a written five-star review on either platform is uh, wonderful. It goes a long way. It goes a, a really huge, huge distance. You could just go and let everyone know that uh, we're not awful. That'd be awesome. Great start. <laughs> if that's the best you can say, we'd still appreciate it. Right. I would actually really All love right. to pick that up and see a Facebook review that just says they're not awful. Three out of five. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? Speaking of audiences saying something isn't awful, <laughs> uh, the Justice League audience ratings have come in. And at this point, I'm going to just go ahead and say that's the only one that matters. Uh, over at CinemaScore, the audiences have given Justice League a B+. And on Rotten Tomatoes, despite the uh, critics giving it a 40%, that's where it's at right now, 40%. It did dip a little lower, but then it's come back. Um, critics gave it 200, out of 248 ratings, brings it to 20, uh, 40% for critics. Uh, but the audience members, uh, 103,057, <laughs> give it an 85%. <laughs> so That feels I'm more right. i it correctly. So, yeah. Uh, we have explained several Bad times news, why that system is broken, so let us know if you yeah, want details, sure. but no point going into it again. Moving on. Um, Justice League has had a disappointing box office weekend, so again, if you like this stuff and you haven't gone to see it, go see it. Come on, do that. Uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers released estimates that it would make about $96 million. Turns out it actually made about $94 million this opening weekend. That falls pretty short. Uh, considering that they had estimated it originally at coming in uh, from anywhere from 100 to 120 million, so that makes uh, Justice League the smallest opening weekend for a DC film's release. Man of Steel did 116.6, BVS did 166 million, and uh, Suicide Squad made 133.7 million, and Wonder Woman did 103.2. Well, so um, uh, if it's any you know, as a predictor, those first three movies didn't have legs, and uh, Wonder Woman apparently mm-hmm. did. Uh-huh. So, hopefully, that holds true for Justice League as well. And you know, in my anecdotal personal life, I know 
God, I can name you six people in my limited field of contact that said, I really didn't have time this week and I'm going to hit it up Friday. Absolutely. Um, and again, you know, I, I tend to look at it this way as well. The holiday season is on the horizon. We're already, you know, ankle deep, if not knee deep. Uh, and the movie was released at a pretty unfortunate time between Thor Ragnarok and The Last Jedi, not to mention Pixar's Coco in there. So that's going to that's going to cost some money. People are pinching their pennies, and negative reviews aren't helping. But um, mainly, I think it's probably just going to be missing the repeat viewings because of all these other movies coming out. Like, I think people will opt to go see other things and are opting to go see other things um, because of all of the different movies coming out. And, you know, a lot of people have said, uh, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, man, if Justice League, Justice League has to be horrible if it can't even beat a B movie or a, a B character from Marvel. Dude, Thor is not a B character anymore. No. That is like 10 years ago shit. That is Stop a, thinking that he is a B character. A he's not. He's an Avenger. argument. Every, like, half the Avengers were B characters. I mean, come on. Half the Avengers were like C characters, but... <laughs> like, if not lesser, but... Iron Man has been, like, canceled and revived several times. He's, he's just barely hung on, and he's the one who started this whole mm-hmm. thing. I'm, Via I'm the saying, necromancer man. that is uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s charm. Uh, you know, those Thor trailers got a lot of traction. Um, they look the great. Reviews the movie's are, fantastic. The review, absolutely. The movie is fantastic. Uh, the the trailers were stellar. Uh, it's not even one Avenger. It's two Avengers. Two B-listers. Yes. They're not B-listers anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nah, I'm a, sorry, guys. When a, you look at the box offices, the X-Men are underdogs right now compared to these cats. Oh, huge. X-Men used to be, like, the top dog in comics, period. Yeah. Not no more, y'all. <laughs> and, you know, by, by this measure, like, Fantastic Four should have done so well. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying there's not problems with Justice League. There is. But, you know, it's. I don't think it's... This is all the same stuff that everyone said about, uh, you know, BVS and, and Suicide Squad, and those movies did gangbusters. So, I don't think the negative reviews are the thing that's necessarily the, the end all be all with people not going to the theater. I think there are a lot of other factors involved. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely time. Uh, yeah. Uh, now justice league did open to, uh, 185 million internationally. Um, that's not, nothing. And they're saying, you know, no, it's not nothing. And they say they have a little room, a little room to run because of Thanksgiving, uh, deadlines reporting, but, um, I, I, yeah, apparently I wouldn't Deadline be surprised is saying, though, just because it is for most people like a four or five, God, six, seven, eight, eleven day weekend, depending on uh-huh. how you took your vacation days. Um, just because of that, like if this movie did almost as well this weekend, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like honestly, the only thing that would deeply surprise me is if from that low start there was a genuine cut. Yeah, like a Suicide Squad level cut. See, that one bit off way more in week A than it had left to chew in week B. Mm-hmm. Like, that one you can almost predict. Yeah, especially based on BBS. Like, yep, I think the market's um, pretty dry in week two. And yeah, sure enough, it looks it looked almost decapitated. I don't think we have this problem yeah. this time. It would surprise me though. I was I was listening or I was talking to one of our listeners, um, Sean, and he was saying that uh, Pastor Sean, and he says that uh, you know he he wants to go see it. He's gonna go see it, uh, but he just hasn't had time. He's busy, so it's gonna happen. People are gonna it's gonna be a slow trickle because of the holiday season. But yeah. I, I think. People are. I think the numbers will turn out not maybe not as much as uh, Warner Brothers wants it to because that's always the case. Sure, they need their money. Um, I mean, but in my life, yeah. again, just anecdotally, look, uh, there's a lot of people I've been talking to about it that just said, uh, 
like they're just trying to bank time for this week. Sure. So they worked over the last weekend. Sure. I, yeah. I know several people that did that. Anyway, so Deadline's reporting, though, that uh, to make a profit, Warner Brothers needs to bring in 700 to $750 million globally for uh, for Justice League, and that's after ancillaries. And even at that point, the profit is small because of how much they spent for, you know, in production. And then, uh, you know, they're estimating, like, uh, I think it was like 130-something, 135, 136000000 million for, uh, uh, you know, ads, marketing. Yeah. So I mean, the profit's higher than they're you know. telling you on this. A lot of the problem is shell companies, but that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it makes more uh, than you think it does. Yeah. So yeah, there was uh, we've mentioned this before uh, on uh, on our actual Justice League review, but uh, reports came in that Kevin Sujihara, CEO of Warner Brothers, uh, made made it a mandate that the film be under two hours in runtime, uh, which makes Justice League the shortest DC film. A lot of and, people applauded. Uh, a lot of people hated it. My bladder applauded. My bladder but, you certainly know, applauded the notion. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think it could have used a little more padding, could have used a little more character development in the movie. But, uh, you know, then again, there, uh, reviews are kind of all over the place for this thing. Like, people are, some people are, are complaining that it had too much of that. It had, you know, I don't need to know all these characters. Well, if they hadn't been there, you would have been cry- griping about that. Yeah. And then other people are griping about that, how it didn't have enough of that. And, you know, people, the, the, the Snyder fans, which I'm not saying I'm not one because I am a Snyder fan, but at the same time, you know, there's like the hardcore Snyder people they're calling, that are screaming they're, that. They'll tend to fall into uh, like generalized camps. I mean, these people time. are like, oh, Whedon butchered the film. And I have no, I have, I have no evidence of that. Um, <laughs> They're telling, they're saying they they want Jeff Johns off of the off of future DC movies. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I, like this is this movie's wound up wound up dividing the fan base even more. I think, but oh, it, that I, ah, I still liked it. I knew that was going to happen <laughs> to begin with. Honestly, <laughs> sure. And Absolutely. again, that's because this is what I was hoping for. By the way, it, the reviews are almost too much to get into, and I, I don't really want to talk about them all at once. Yeah, yeah, but. Can we all agree that people saying Jeff John should be separated from this project or these projects in general is objectively wrong? Uh, you and I can say that. I think at least me and you can. Um, yeah. I I feel like that's the only part that's objectively like, okay, go, slow your roll, dude. Now, come on. Yeah. I think a good, and I'm probably going to get bashed for saying this, but I don't I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. Um, We've already been through all that. I think, you know what, uh... I say, you know, if they keep Zack Snyder around, let him develop the Vertigo stuff. That would be nice. Just let him do like a Vertigo uh, cinematic universe that ties in with the DC cinematic universe, but just keep the Vertigo shit separate. Let, uh... Well, tonally, you remind me of it. Let Snyder do that. You know, they spent all this time looking for a great Justice League dark director, but man, wasn't he right under the nose the whole time? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be some sort of... Damn, he could tear that movie up. Yeah, like there's so many people screaming about how now Justice League looks like uh looks like a Marvel film. I don't even think that. I really it don't. Still does And uh, to some extent like you can rephrase their argument as, "Oh, you mean there are colors like films?" <laughs> like in the way that films have colors now. Well, yes except, then. I suppose you know, it does look like an MCU film. You know what? Except that I I I dismiss that notion because Captain America Civil War and, and Winter Soldier were like bleak and gray as hell. They were. Yeah, I, like, I, I, uh, I, that's another one of those arguments that like I, I just can't do anymore. I can't talk about colorisms anymore. I'm going to call it that now. Yeah, 
I mean, there's so many, I don't know, like, the Marvel films have a lot of different tones to them. So, you know, I don't, I don't like the oversimplification and generalization of, of either franchise, and I think it's foolish. It, it is. And the verses is ridiculous. It, like, there's parts of talking about these films that we've done so many times and gone down the same road so many times that mm-hmm. I don't use the phrase, I can't even, a lot. Uh-huh. And I especially don't use it non-ironically, but we're there. I can't even. I can't even can't with even. that. Okay. Um... You know, along that same vein, I was just thinking today, they should make a movie. They shouldn't, actually. They shouldn't make a movie, but I'll be surprised if in a few years, next five years or so, uh, Roland Emmerich doesn't do, doesn't do a film called uh, about an earthquake called Shook, mm. which may or may not follow Christopher Nolan's uh, follow-up to Inception called Woke. <laughs> Woke, question mark? <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I don't actually think those things are going to happen. I really hope no. not. But if Rampage, if Rampage does well, who 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 the hell knows, man? It's <laughs> we might be really screwed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My, my one so, last uh, request: at least keep at least keep Dwayne Johnson in it. Give me some. Give me something yeah. to hope for. If you're going to do all that. So uh, a visual effects artist called LDN underscore film uh who worked on wonder woman went on over to reddit to answer some questions about justice league he had several friends working on uh i don't know if it was a he actually they had several friends working on uh justice league Mm -hmm. and apparently the original after credit scene that was shot in principal photography was uh bruce wayne being woken in the middle of the night in his lake house by a green light and being visited by tomar ree and kilowog and uh, that character, uh, that person says that it was cut fairly early on during the during post production. Um, they also mentioned another deleted scene, which was actually shown in uh, someone close to the production uploaded a bunch of incomplete deleted scenes from Justice League onto Vero. Mm. Not Vero, Vimeo. <laughs> yeah, Vimeo is the one where and, you get like um, if you're constantly watching it, you'll get all kinds of audition tapes and all crap like that. Yeah. Now. You know, a lot of this stuff was very incomplete. A lot of the CGI, like, it's been taken down now. Oh, yeah. I watched it. It does not last very long. But you got to see them. And I did. I got to see them. Um, One of them was a really boring sequence of Cyborg learning to fly. Okay. Um, One of them was a pretty boring sequence of the Flash running outside to grab Iris, who was flying out of a car. She got hit. Her car hit a truck and Barry saved her. Oh, I forgot about Iris getting cut. That poor girl. She was so excited. Um, I mean, there were there. I don't know. There were there were a few kind of. I mean, a lot of cyborg stuff, like stuff that I just didn't like. There was stuff like with him running like a Nazi simulation. There was a thing where him like flying in space and you know uh, controlling missiles. And who knows what the hell that all that would would have been? But <laughs> it's like while they were shooting, someone kind of went, "Yeah, we're gonna cut all this. We're just gonna." You, does he know we're gonna make a cyborg film by itself? Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, I you know a lot We're of people have said that, that you know, oh these scenes should have been it. No, they shouldn't have been. Honestly, for what you just described to me and the amount that I needed to pee after two hours, I appreciate the cut so far. Absolutely. I. Um, that's a conversation I'll have to kind of table for about <laughs> six months until we get what will inevitably be some at least some deleted scenes, if not an ultimate right. edition of some kind. Right. And you know I don't. You know, a lot of people are arguing that you're, we're not going to get an ultimate edition because 
they they changed it so so quickly, like because the movie was just starting to film when BVS came in, and and tanked as far as critically tanked. It didn't tank commercially. No, it... but um, yeah, like so a lot of people are saying that there's really no way for. Uh, for there to be an ultimate cut, you know, uh, Grace Randolph said, you know, she actually had a set visit and she came in and said like, oh no, there's definitely a director's cut. There's gotta be, there's stuff that was, who knows? Yeah, if it's, I, I mean, know. same way Jared Leto said you could make an entire Joker film off what's the, on the cutting room floor. Like I, I just, and yeah, and, and I, you know what? A lot of people, there isn't, I, I, I kind of don't want, I, I, I want this to just be the movie for once. I I mean, well, we got that in Wonder we Woman. We did get that finally in Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman had okay. a little less discussion about reshoots. I, I okay, I, I feel you, and most of the time I agree. Like, I don't want an ultimate cut, but if they do an ultimate cut, I'm buying it. Like, there's no oh, way I'm yeah, not. yeah, that's part of the reason I don't want like, it is, you know, I could use I that money. I totally want to see that. I totally want to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, um... Yeah, like the said, only nice thing I'm, about I'm not... the ultimate cut version of things, like, the thing I hate about it is I basically have to pay twice to see the movie. But yeah. if you're telling me I pay once to see the movie in glimpse form, where, where it's just like me and my memories for months of whatever I saw on the, in that two hours, uh-huh. and I only pay about, what do we pay around here, like 13 bucks? Is that about our average ticket price? Um, yeah, something like that. <laughs> some people are probably balking going, you only pay 13 duck. Uh, so, but that's about our 13, 15. Um, so if you tell me like, hey, you're gonna pay thirteen or fifteen bucks for this, you get to see it one time, and it's just you and your fond or hateful memories until the next time you get to see it, and then next uh-huh. time you tell me, okay, now I'm gonna charge you thirty, but it's a hard copy, yours for the rest of your life, and there's fourteen extra minutes of the movie. Uh-huh. It's not a bad deal. It just still bothers yeah. me that I, you know, I have to go pay the extra money. I can justify it. Yeah. I just need that thirty dollars most of the time. Sure. <laughs> not. I understand. Not particularly affluent. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, a few months ago, uh, this photographer, Josh Rossi, um, did a photo shoot with a bunch of uh, children with disabilities. And he did a, it was like a Justice League photo shoot. All, all the kids were dressed up like the Justice League. And um, so far, so good. Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack It was, you know, very well received online. Uh, Snyder. Probably adorable. Zack Snyder. Sure. Um I don't know. I, I saw it and I thought, eh, you know. I mean, it's awesome for those kids, but it was just so sad because, like, you could look at them and tell they're sick. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. it was just, it was a sad thing. Um, I felt bad for them. Sure. But, you know, Zack Snyder uh, actually did a special screening for them. He gave them all a special screening of the of the movie. That's nice. And, uh, yeah. And the, and the kids' family and friends got to see the movie as well, so that was nice. Um... That is nice. I guess we're I guess we're gonna talk about this now. Um, mm. <laughs> Zack Snyder ha- has not seen Justice League. I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, I I don't know why he hasn't seen it necessarily. Maybe it's a painful issue for him. Um, it, ap- it appears to be someone on Vero, one of his fans, uh, Fuku Jang zero six two seven. I can't read everything she was saying. Uh, her, her message, her initial message comes in for us in the, in the picture at, uh, feminism and that's all, and that's the end of the sentence. And then she says, and that's all because B E C O Z Joss Whedon's shallow character development, poorly writing skill, 
a easy way to distinguish his to Terio's work, or God knows what his problem with women is never because, again, wrong spelling, Zack Snyder's Amazonian's dressing slash armor style, hashtag Whedon was canceled, uh, and then her name. And Zack re- replies, I will be honest, I have not seen the film since I stepped away. You know I love these characters. I wish only I could have only I could only have finished it for you and the others who love MOS BVS and a heart emoji. Uh, so that's you know causing a lot of. Uh, How did that poorly written message result in actual news? Um, be- because Zack Snyder responded to it and said he didn't. I mean, I, logistically, like, and she practically, I understand. It. I'm I'm almost talking more philosophically. How? Oh, okay. Uh, well, hopefully this is a, a, a lesson to Zack Snyder that he won't respond to people like this on, on his uh, social media channels. Because this isn't, the only, uh, this isn't the only thing that she has shared, that she has screenshotted and shared from their conversation. Mm. Uh, you know, but whatever. I mean... Look, uh, he's... Two things are happening here. Uh-huh. One... Jared Leto's never seen Suicide Squad. Now, that is nowhere <laughs> close to saying that a director of a movie hasn't seen the movie itself, even after all the post-production uh-huh. uh, changes. Uh-huh. That is an entirely different thing. I understand. Different caliber. But yeah. it's still like a project that you're not involved in right now. Um, it you, you, I mean, you, you took it out of your own hands. As far as we could tell, that really is the story. I don't think WB took it from him. I, I really do think it had more to do with uh, him instigating it and WB kind of saying, yeah, we saw this coming. I understand. Yeah. Um, I'm just – but he's, he's – I'll be honest. Well, the other... I think they did, but not in that way. I, I think they took it from him when, when BVS tanked critically. I still I, I still don't think that was it because it still made its money. I don't think they were willing it to take us... it away, but mm-hmm. I, I do think like when he decided to step away, I don't think they fought him on it. That's all. Well, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think they said you're stepping away. I think they creatively took it from him, and they said, "But you know, <laughs> you can stick around, but we're doing it this way." No, and I mean, my take still on it is, I, is he I, was still so involved on in every I, part of it, and you can go back to you know Vero to to justify that. Like he's got, he's there for everything. I mean, he's he's posting about this the minutia of this project every single day. Well, just because he was physically there doesn't mean that he wasn't fighting an uphill battle. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's possible. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's possible. I, I just, I obviously about don't the... have any. Yeah. We have no insider information. Just everything about the tone no. of this to me says it was still under his control. And, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's, it's a combination of like, it's not currently a thing. He, he's, it, it, it's not on his plate right now. I think there are, some hurt feelings about it. Yeah. Just because, uh, all right, I don't have this, but someone explained the word FOMO to me the other day. Fear of missing out. Oh, what is, oh, okay. Yeah. That's not a thing I experience. I'm not a social enough creature, but apparently it's a thing people have. So I think that I've seen, you know, I've seen FOMO popping around the internet. I just thought that it was some sort of like, I don't know, new hate speech or something. No, like no. Someone was calling somebody a FOMO or something. I don't know. I didn't know what that meant. Nope. Fear of missing out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's actually uh, a, little, a little sweeter in a way than definitely than what you were talking about. Uh, yeah. So that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. The internet seems slightly brighter now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that 
it might be a combination of of a little bit of that for him and a mm-hmm. little bit of just it's it's not what he's doing like he's got that indie film that he's already working on i forget the, well, I mean, he's, I forget the name of it but yeah but he is actively engaged in another project right now and i, I thought the, i think that was put on hold god I'd have to, i'm not I'd sure have to find some details, i'm not sure but about i'm pretty that. sure it's like that he is working on something and i can't remember the name yeah. of it to look it up at the moment but um that that's only a side effect i honestly i'm just speculating about him and his family like on uh-huh. a personal level but it to me it reads as though like they, there was a denial stage and there's an acceptance stage and i think they're deep into the acceptance and dealing with it stage i just really yeah. don't think justice league is on top of his priority list right now yeah and it may not I be mean, for I... years think about what he went through like absolutely he may absolutely. never care like... about the dceu again and that's fine. I think he cares. I think he absolutely cares well, about it. Well, it may never I make just... it to the top of his list again. Is all, is all I meant by that, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, I I just, I, I kind of wonder if, you know, he wasn't considering it because of, you know, his daughter and everything. And then, like, fighting the uphill battle with the tone and everything, he just went, you know what? I can't do this both. Yeah. I can't do both. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's... Um, he has every reason in the world to just kind of walk away as much as he can from this right now and deal with things. I have no reason to believe. I, I, I'm, I'm in a strange position because I'm, I have no reason to believe that Snyder didn't pick Jaws and that he wasn't on board with the tone. Because every, even back as far as, you know, weeks before BVS came out, they were saying that it's going to be lighter, it's going to be funnier, it's going to be blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, as much as people want to point out stuff from the old trailers, from the pre-Joss trailers, and say, you know, oh, well, you know, this is clearly a Joss scene because of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bullshit, this was in the old trailers. No. So- and you, can't, you really <laughs> cannot always tell. There, I, I would consider myself a, a, a big Edgar Wright fan. Uh-huh. And there, so help me, there are moments in Ant-Man where I looked at that film and thought, oh man, that is an Edgar Wright moment. And then, I, you know, going back and, and researching it a little bit, it wasn't at all. It fit the tone. It fit mm-hmm. what was happening. Maybe it fit yeah. the original template that Edgar Wright wrote for Ant-Man. But it was the, I forget who, I forget who directed it, who actually ended up directing oh, it. Oh, um, Peyton Reed? That sounds right. I'm going to go with you. Um, cool. I, I've got no better option. Clink. You had a name. I don't. <laughs> I'm voting with Dave. So, <laughs> but like, I, I, you, you can't always tell me. You just can't. And yeah, that's why, that's why they're seriously two thirds of, I think it's like two thirds of films go, th- uh, go through arbitration, at least for writers. Yeah. And this is one where you almost had to go through it for directors. Like, hey, come on. It's, hey man. we feel like we can tell when it's a Whedon moment, but we may not really be able to tell when it's a Whedon moment. There yeah. are going to be some false positives here. You know what? I'm going to call you out, though. What? what a, I'm going to call you out a little bit. What I do? You said you're a really big Edgar Wright fan. Uh-huh. Did you did you see Baby Driver? No, I knew you were going to ask that. And no, I haven't had time. <laughs> I feel bad because I haven't either. Like, I didn't go to the theater. I wanted to. And then, like, I keep seeing it in Walmart and going, I know I'm just going to buy it. I know I'm just going to buy it one day, but I just haven't had. But this, well, this I is again to spend the money on it. This is again. You just have to. You have to believe my honesty here. I think about it every day. <laughs> I do. That's too. not an exaggeration. <laughs> every single That's day, so sad. I think to myself, "Is today going to be the day I use that code and actually watch it?" <laughs> and every day, I get home and think, "I have shit I have to do." Yeah. Oh. Yep. I want to see Baby Driver too. It I looks really good. Do. It looks great. All right, we got to do a DC podcast. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Except Kevin Spacey, I think, is in it, isn't he? Oh, he is. Oh, I should have got. Isn't that ruined? Sh- isn't that ruined for us now? 
I should have seen that before. <laughs> why, Lord? Why? Anyway, honestly, that wouldn't that wouldn't help me. Kevin Spacey was one of those people I had heard rumors about before. He's always been a little distracting. It's actually one of the reasons I never got into House of Cards. Is like I, there's a back in the back of my mind. I'm like, eh, I don't trust this cat. You know, I don't like ever like trust tabloids and stuff. I just I. <sighs> So I just, I didn't even know about Kevin Spacey, really. But it didn't surprise me. I was like, yeah, he seems like a creep. That's why he plays such a good villain. Possibly. He feels like he might just, you know, penetrate you or something. <laughs> without a moment's notice. That's that's not a joke you're going to be proud of later. <laughs> no. No, I, I specifically mean, it's not a joke. He does oh, seem he that way. Seems he that absolutely way. seems that okay. way. He seems completely rapey and weird. He, which well, yeah, that's... serves him. That's well. That's it's not a joke. No, that, well, that's he just seems that way. Let's put it this way: like to some extent, acting is just uh, kind of displaying parts of a personality that aren't necessarily um, on the surface for you at all times. Yeah, it's at least one interpretation of it. I, there's several, obviously. Um, so to that end, it was it might have been helping them that he's actually apparently kind of creepy secretly. Yeah, but there which, was some part you know, of me that has heard rumors about him for a while and thought, I mean, I know that's just a rumor, but I don't see anything wrong with that. Some part of it feels right. Mm-hmm. Now, again, eh, that's just me judging a guy without evidence, I guess. But yeah, here's the evidence. I suppose. You don't want to do that. We live in yeah, we live in weird times now between around. rumors and and evidence, and uh, it's really hard to digest and process everything. Before anyone well, gets mad, you know, we're going to get some of this wrong. We know that. Oh, sure. There will sure. be backtracking. You know, as just a, a, you know, I don't... We haven't even gotten into TV news, for God's sake. Stick around no, for that. No, absolutely. But you know what? Uh, it's, it's difficult because you want to stand with the victims, but that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, there's a, you know? there's a middle ground <laughs> that's a little hard to kind of stand between and still be able to get really excited about seeing a, an escapist product. That's that's the real problem I'm mm-hmm. facing right now personally is like I want to just watch these things and escape into a narrative for a while and it's I keep using the word distracting when I talk about some of these things. And you, you know, I'm a reader, but like half more than half of the stuff that you know, you read from the old days, you know, like uh, you know, like Alice in Wonderland for instance, <laughs> through the looking glass, yeah. you know. I mean, there there are uh, several reports of that guy being a pedophile. Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like most of this, most of you still hear the Nutcracker theme weird. every single Christmas about five hundred <laughs> times, and Tchaikovsky was an absolute pedo. I, I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't know. What are you gonna do? I don't know what to do. Just get him out of get out of get him out of power. I don't. Know. I don't. I don't know. I, don't I have know. no solutions. I'm just digesting this out loud. If you want to have a conversation, engage us, and we'll talk. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm heavily conflicted by the entire thing. <laughs> I've, I, I have not, I have not heard it put more concisely. I am, you know, I'm disgusted and angered by all of this, uh, you know, abuse of power and all the 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 sexual harassment and everything. Yeah. And I feel like this I, is just I, like it, a conversation we're going to regurgitate in a, in I don't know however yeah, long it takes us to get to TV. Is. Anyway, there's your uh, teaser just, about what's to come. <laughs> we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Justice League fans have launched a petition for an uncut Snyder version of Justice League over at change.org. Go sign the petition if you want. I don't know that that, that version exists. I'm pretty sure that uh, when BVS started, uh, 
getting really crappy reviews. They hurry up and changed everything right as the film Justice League was about to start filming, or just starting filming. And then afterward, you know, Snyder filmed a bunch of stuff. They all kind of went, yeah, this is still a little dark. I don't know how much of, of that is actually released. I'll watch it if they put it out. I don't feel compelled enough to go sign a name to anything. Uh, I, I mean, I would watch if it if it was available. Just uh... I will say this. Warner Brothers is a business. If there is an ultimate cut, if there is a Snyder cut to be had, they will release They'll it. find a way, yeah. Maybe in the 10-year anniversary, but it'll be there. Um, but part of me... Yeah, some people were like going like, oh man, it's going to be like Blade Runner, 25 years, you know? Yeah, that, that may be true. <laughs> And at this uh, point, if you're a Blade Runner fan, I'm sorry you've bought the same movie 17 times. Yeah. But I, I, part of me just wants to, in general, say windmills to, to right. all of that. Like, to me, first of all, mm-hmm. it seems a little a little impractical that uh-huh. because BBS was being released at the time they started Justice League, which I think there was still like a month offset. It, yeah, somewhere in it, there. Yeah. It doesn't... like Pre-production... It's not just an attempt. Like by the time you have your script in hand, your final script in hand, and you've sent out you, you've sent out scenes to everybody, people are building things and 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 already pre CGIing certain effects and like I, mm-hmm. money's already being spent by the time that script actually gets finalized. And even then, you know it's not yeah, finalized, but, they... but there are parts of it, the the tentpole parts of a script that you you start spending money on. I'm not sure how much of it can be changed like on a dime like that like oh we're gonna do one where we write even though well, everyone's already got tickets booked for next month it can be changed it can it absolutely can the extent to which and is what i'll question whether or not it was so much was is heavily dependent on what what you believe about how extensive the reshoots with joss were which admittedly looking at the film looking at the uncanny valley and looking Looking at the Uncanny Valley, looking at the film, looking at some of the tonal shifts, I would say it was pretty extensive. You know, it l- but well, I don't know that for sure. This is the only thing. Like, I, I have no way of telling except when Henry Cavill's face looked uh, <laughs> unspeakable. Uh-huh. So when his face... I mean, seriously, that it's the stuff of nightmares. Hey, let me tell you, though. I have talked to people, mm-hmm. and I have seen reviews... From people mm-hmm. who did not even notice it, they did not remember anything. They didn't know anything about the mustache gate. They... <laughs> mustache gate. <laughs> oh God! They didn't know what a they magical didn't know about those world we live in. Right? They didn't notice it. They didn't notice anything about Henry Cavill's face. They were just like, whatever. And a Superman. Bless them. But from the moment <laughs> he was on screen, I thought, oh my God, did they recast him entirely? He looked weird. Some parts of it looked <laughs> as bad as... Uh, and the reason I think about this movie sometimes is because the Matrix first one was such a like an icon... Like it, was, it was like a this like new high watermark of what you could do in CGI and, and effects in general, right? So... Uh-huh. It, one, looked great, great movie. Two, looked great. Uh, three... Here's where it gets weird. So uh, there's a moment, though, where he's fighting, like, a hundred uh, agents. Agent whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smith? I don't know. It's been too long. Yeah. Um, there's a moment where he's fighting, like, a hundred of that Australian dude. And it just looks so bad. Uh-huh. So bad. And, like, it memorably bad because I was watching this film thinking, oh, I expect so much more from you. And this was that uh-huh. moment, again, where I watched the film 
looked at the CGI and thought, oh, I expect so much more from you. Yeah. I'm like eagerly awaiting the backstory of why they couldn't get that mustache where they wanted it. it, it no, Surely no one signed off on that and thought, man, it looks perfect. Great work. Go home tonight yeah. and you congratulate yourself. I honestly think it was a lack of time. You know, and, I think time uh, and money they, have to be a mitigating well, factor here. I want I want to point this out to the haters, to the people who are like angry and think that WB and Joss Whedon butchered Zack Snyder's film. According to all reports, and Snyder himself, they told Snyder he could release it in 2018 and have more time, mm-hmm. and he said no. Hmm. I haven't seen that, but then that was we reported that we reported it. No, doesn't mean I remember it. Um, I know. <laughs> I remember it. But, you know, so if that is true, which I'm dubious about, honestly, I'm dubious about. I don't know. But still, corroborated but at that least. was that, you know, that was the statement. That was what they said. If that's true, then Snyder oh, should have yeah, said, yeah. no, no hold now. on, let's let's hold off. You're right. Let's hold off because you know what as as I'm saying, if if what I'm saying is true, this probably wasn't a good time to release it anyway. Yeah, but it didn't mean I mean, a lot of these studios are talking about time slots two years ahead. They're not necessarily... It didn't mean there was a yeah, better if, one nine, 12 months from now. Well, I mean, we're going into 2000... It's going to be a year or more before we see Aquaman. There there could have been, there would have been a fine slot somewhere in there. Not necessarily. I week truly to week, believe. Uh, they keep track of it pretty... Uh, it's, a, well, sure. it's a very detailed conversation happening between these studios on the... Sure. Not necessarily a better slot for at least know. at least for how long it would have taken to do it, and there's probably some calculation about how long delaying it look, that long would have cost them. Um, you know, just move, moving past all that, you know, if uh, how do we even get into that? I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be mad if they you know spend a few couple extra million and just fix his face for the DVDs for the Blu-rays. Please fix his face. That would make me very happy. Actually. I almost would have appreciated, um, like in a in a perfect world, if the, if if it was like a time, not so much a time consideration, but if it was just like we can't pay these guys overtime to get this right, man. If they had started like a Kickstarter, I would have pitched in. Yeah. If they had shown me this is what his face looks like right now, and we need this amount of money to make that not be the case, I I think I would have probably thrown whatever I could at that. Now for me that means you know what uh, for me that may mean you know ten bucks. Maybe that's all I've right. got. But I probably would have looked at that face and thought, I don't even recognize Henry Cavill. Let's do this. Yeah, and you know what? You know, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people online throwing up pictures of, like, Marvel got this right and showing, like, Michael Douglas from Ant-Man in the flashbacks and, like, pictures of, like, Robert Downey Jr., uh, young Robert Downey Jr. from uh, Civil War. Oh, he looked weird, too. And don't give yourself too much credit. Yeah, and I just, yeah, I'm like, oh. Did they, though? Because while they looked... I will say they looked better than Cavill. They did. They looked freaking weird. But they still looked uncanny valley-ish. They looked freaking weird. Um, I think we got on this because we were trying to verify the fact that, like, yes, there were extensive reshoots. Because that I think there that were. That was my entire point, I suppose, was that mustache is the only reason I have to think that there were extensive reshoots. Yeah. And because that mustache, mustache is my only evidence, I, as far as I know or it can uh, speculate comfortably, the mm-hmm. Superman scenes were the only ones that were reshot. It's probably not true, but... I don't think they were. I think there was a lot of other stuff that was reshot. I think there were a lot of them. Like, in particular... I think like, everything was Cyborg. I don't think everything was Cyborg at all, because they were already working on a lot of that CGI, <laughs> and you could tell they had time to get it get it right, or yeah. get it better. 
Well, I mean, like, action shots and stuff, but, like, his actual, like, emotions, like, him actually reacting to stuff, I think was all Whedon. Eh, that's, again, like, we're trying to feel it out. We don't know. But, same time, you want to hear my guess for which one shot would have been easy to do and felt Whedon-y and could be done in a reach, uh, you know, again, easy to do. Um, Mm -hmm. The one over-the-head shot crane pullout where uh, it's just Batman saying, yep, something's bleeding. Oh yeah, that's totally a Whedon line. It, that's <laughs> that shot is totally a Whedon shot too. And it's <laughs> and it's an isolated shot. One person on camera, yeah. one camera cra- crane mm-hmm. pull out, done. That one felt like like I looked at that in the theater and thought that is that's like uh, you know I, I don't want to speculate how much, but for God's sake, less than a day is worth of work. Yeah, that's an easy reshoot. Maybe. All right, so Danny Elfman was. Uh... Hell, he was talking to somebody. I don't know, but <laughs> I didn't look into it. He just finds himself but, um, in strange places. He, <laughs> no, there was a there was an actual thing that he was there was somebody he was talking to, and I just didn't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but he says uh, he was talking about working with Joss Whedon. He says I got the call from Joss very last second. I got the call, and it was you. Will, you have to decide now, and then go to work tomorrow. Um. And he says uh, his much of his process happened uh, while Justice League was in reshoots, so he didn't have. He says, "Well, he says I had a lot of storyboards in place of action. There would be full scenes, and then a five-minute sequence of storyboards. Honestly, it was like working on an animated film. I didn't score any of the unused footage. The movie that came out of is the movie I scored. It was just in a very rough form." He says, I've only worked with Joss twice, and it's been under those circumstances with Avengers. It was trickier because I was working around half a score. So I had to rescore either half or two-thirds of the film, and that made for a squirrely process on Justice League. <laughs> it was a blank slate. I only had to work around a Leonard Cohen song. Oh. Um, now, he also uh, talked about using uh, the classic themes. He says, the whole concept that every time a superhero franchise is rebooted with a new director then you have to start the music from scratch is a bullshit idea. It's only for the ego of the director or the composer. They need to learn the incredible lesson that Star Wars and James Bond have known for ages, which is that keeping these musical connections alive is incredibly satisfying for the people who see those films. There's like four different Spider-Man themes at this point, and as a result, he doesn't have a recognizable sound. I told the guys at DC, you have a great musical heritage that you should be proud of, and you should keep it alive, and they agreed with me, which is refreshing. I somewhat agree with him. I do agree with him. I- uh, I completely agree with them. I'm, I'm actually more curious about what you don't agree with. Uh, well, okay. What I don't agree with, that Hans Zimmer Lex Luthor scene should have been in the Lex Luthor scene in Justice League. Yes, that should have. From BVS. That should have. The uh, weird boom, timpani sounding boom, thing. Yeah. Boom, boom. I agree. There, there's not a better Lex Luthor thing. Uh, the, <laughs> if, if I have any objection, it's that if you had played like three notes from that, I would have known the reveal before Deathstroke got to that ship. That's true. I mean, we knew the reveal anyway. Yeah, we saw Deathstroke and we were like, oh yeah, well, and oh yeah, had, Eisenberg is in clearly there. Clearly he was out of and plus, he was out of prison. We knew he was going to be there. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If anything, so the I reveal was... That's... Actually, well, the funny part was, like, you're like me too. Like, You saw the little like trailing ribbon on the back of that sword and thought, <gasps> no. <laughs> it was actually the opposite. I went, oh yeah. Well, but we had that the was same my excited. Um, that was my excited version of. Oh hell no, that's fantastic. Anyway, forgive my yeah, semantics, yeah, but yeah. I was excited. Right, I know. I was just being a prick. Yeah, I understand. 
Anyway. <laughs> I make allowances. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um I, I just kinda completely agree with him. Yeah. Just I, know, okay. I especially like his reference to the fact that Spider Man has no uh thematic uh I don't know. Yeah. Like, he's not there's nothing there. Like the thing is with I, I think with humans in general, we're we are obviously visual and auditory creatures, but I think audio sticks with us harder. Like it to me it's just behind yeah. smell. You you can you can have a smell that reminds you of some moment in your childhood that you thought you'd never remember again. Yeah. And and just suddenly be there and be six years old and remember a you know, the day after Thanksgiving and something happened and there were leftovers being warmed up or some just incredibly yeah. specific memory that was just right then. And some sometimes I get a smell and I don't even know like I just get a feeling. Like a visceral feeling. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm thinking of. I don't know what it reminds me of. Absolutely. But I just have this feeling. And it's pretty amazing. It's it's a it's an incredible thing. But I think right behind that is audio. I think we recognize audio faster. And and more deeply than we do visuals, um, and I think that has to do with the fact that, honestly, like your eyes are always taking in a hundred percent information, whereas every now and then audio has got a second to breathe. So, I, I just personal theory, I think I, I think your brain tends to pull visual sensory memory a little harder to the to the let's forget that side. Yeah. That being said, long long theory aside. I, th- I think like themes like the Batman theme, if I was 83 losing my brain, I'm just assuming I will by 83 based on my personal family history. Um, Don't you mean 43? <laughs> I mean 23 <laughs> if we're getting down to when I really started to see it happen. But based on my family history, I've only got about, I don't know, three or four decades before it starts to be like, what day is it? Um, and I-, I think at that point, if you... You said that to me yesterday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to end up being uh, like overly tattooed. I'm going to be like a living version of Memento, but not remember what Memento is. So if you played me the the Danny Elfman theme, though, I think at whatever stage in my life, I think I would still know what it was. Sure. I just, I, I don't know. Iconography, I don't think is as important sometimes as themes. And I like where Elfman's head is. That's my point. Yeah. I meant to ask you, though, did you hear the Avengers theme in there? I did not. I wasn't. A ton of people are claiming that, like, the Heroes theme for Justice League mm-hmm. is just the Avengers theme. And while it's kind of similar in, like, bombastic superhero, comp- you know, composition, I don't really hear Avengers out of it. I didn't. I was just curious. You're more musically inclined than I am. I was just curious. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now. It, If anything, like, there were a lot of obvious themes, like... um I mean, Batman. yeah, Batman was, was <laughs> extremely obvious. Wonder Woman got to keep her theme. Superman, um, yeah. Superman got to keep most of his, plus use some of the old ones. And the one that cracked me up was, it wasn't the same at all, but it was kind of the same, like, style as the Grant Gustin Flash theme. I, yeah, kind of. With a little bit of Elfman's old Flash theme worked in, a little a bit. A little bit, yeah. But I'm not sure that's not a dog like... eating his own tail kind of thing. I think it's a snake eating his own tail. Whatever. A dog chasing his tail. Um, Why would a dog eat his own tail? I don't know. Own... I think oh, it's a snake eating his tail and the dog chasing. Whatever. We're getting there. <laughs> We're going to make it. <laughs> Life's too short to deal with these kinds of things, Dave. Um, I, <laughs> okay. there's, I mean, the, the 90s Flash theme was around way before the CW Flash, so there's a chance that 
they took some inspiration from an Elfman and Elfman took some inspiration from that or himself or whatever cannibalistic thing I'm referring to. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, are we done with this? Can we move on? I think so. Are you good? I'm good. Cool. So, uh, last week, there was a lot of hubbub over uh, this, a supposed article saying um, that Gal Gadot refused to um, come back for Wonder Woman 2 unless Brett Ratner had... Uh, uh, unless Warner Brothers completely severed ties with Brett Ratner. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I understand it, they already before that article even came out, they had already said they were, and they had. Um, and Gal Gadot came out this week and said, uh, Brett made a lot of money... Uh, Hold on, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I started reading the wrong thing. She said, At the end of the day, a lot has been written about my views and the way that I feel, and everyone knows the way that I feel because I'm not hiding anything. But the truth is, there's so many people involved in making this movie that they all echo the same elements, uh, sorry, the same sentiments. Uh, everyone knew what was the right thing to do, but there was nothing for me to actually come out and say because it was already done before this article came out. They already severed the ties. That's what I thought in the first place. Yeah. When everyone was like, oh, Gal Gadot's putting Warner Brothers in a tough situation. Apparently, she, no. They just said, no, screw that guy. Let's get rid of him. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Moving over to... There's a rumor that Black Adam is uh, going to be showing up in Suicide Squad 2. That he's going to be, like, the big bad. Uh, the rap is reporting it said uh, the insiders told them that the current plan for the Suicide Squad 2 is for uh, them to be tasked with tracking down a weapon of mass destruction, Black Adam himself. I could be down with that. I could dig that. Absolutely. The only, the we'll see only if problem out. I have with it is that like you have to have a false ending for Suicide Squad 2 at that point. Yeah? Which one's supposed to come out first? Black Adam solo or Suicide Squad 2? I don't know. Because if Black Adam comes out after that, it's going to be a little disheartening to go into a movie thinking, well, I know the big bad makes it out okay. Um, Whereas if it's the other way around, extremely poignant. Well, I mean, at some point, okay, if they're not doing Black Adam versus Shazam right up front, I'm always going to think that he makes it out okay. So I don't really give a crap. That's fair. Well, the the problem, are, are, are you saying that, like, unless he's facing Shazam, Right. Then he's not actually, like, threatened in any way, so you just assume he'll be fine? Yeah, if it's a Black Adam film, he, he's not fighting He's not fighting Captain Marvel. For real, Captain yeah. Marvel. Um, <laughs> Shazam. Whatever. Whatever you guys trying, have to tell yourself to save make time, yourself feel you've, better. You've backtracked on that, so I'm just going to bail on that. Right. Effort. All right, go ahead. All right. Oh, uh, you know, I'm an old stickler. I understand. Um, you turn the okay, faucet if it's, on, uh, if Yeah. If it's a if it's a Black Adam solo film and he's not fighting Shazam, then we know he's going to make it out alive because one he's a protagonist and two he's not fighting Shazam. If he shows up first in a Suicide Squad, really we only have to be worried about the members of the Suicide Squad, right? We was no Black Black Adams. They got to have Black Adam fight you know uh, Shazam. And if The Rock has anything to say about it, Henry Cavill Superman, right? <laughs> Sounds like a fair fight to me, but um, um, <laughs> one of my only—I'm just saying—it's well, not only problem. My it's not the Black problems. Adam storyline that actually bothers me. It's Black Adam right. storyline and how it would affect a Suicide, Suicide Squad two movie, where it's like, look at these uh, this this pile of of neat, slightly gifted people compared to 
the combined powers of the old world. Right. Like, well, I mean, they already fought the combined powers of the old world. Which is one of the powers of the old world, at least. Like, this is like, yeah, what if we I don't did the old movie? How that worked. But, like, <laughs> six of them. Instead yeah. of, I guess, two? Anyway. Um, <laughs> it, it would be slightly a problem for me to. Uh, and that's actually. That would go into it. I hadn't thought about it, but that would. That uh-huh. would, I, eventually, that would have occurred to me, I, I suppose. And I would be bothered by, like. Wait a second! Didn't we do this before? <laughs> Them fighting an ancient magical deity. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of hope like rooting against this is my point. Right, I don't blame you. It's weird. I've I've never rooted against seeing the rock in something. You know what? I rooted against it, and I don't know the, how to pronounce this name, but uh, the rock came out and said, um, "I'm excited to or excited to expand the DC universe." With writer uh, with writer Adam, um, Zatikiel, I guess Zatikiel. I don't know. This is the cat that co-wrote Rampage, the movie, mm. and bring this complex and gritty anti-hero to the big screen. This character's in my bones. Ruthless code. Hashtag Neil. Hashtag Black Adam. Uh, I have no interest in seeing anyone that contributed to the ra- to Rampage. Uh, beyond uh, Dwayne Johnson. All right. In all fairness, involved in we anything. haven't seen it. We haven't. I don't want to put that it in looks past bad, it. Though. I mean, it, it does. But, but, <laughs> and this is the best comparison I have. Uh-huh. I have always been a huge fan of the movie Lake Placid. Not proud of it, but I watched it like six times. You be. And I enjoyed it every time. That was where I fell in love with Oliver Platt. Next up on DC on screen, we get a new co-host <laughs> and reinvigorated my love for Betty White. Well, that might be fair. <laughs> it's, in, but... <laughs> it's entirely fair. <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's just move on from that. I don't know what to say about that man. <laughs> just saying, movie about giant um, things isn't necessarily the worst thing that ever happened. Right. Oh no, I'm actively looking forward to uh Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> Actually, I I'll I'm bet just, if we did like a a story structure breakdown, they're probably, they're about, probably about the same, about right? same film. <laughs> 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 like Pacific Rim 1 and Rampage are probably very similar. <laughs> but Guillermo, but Guillermo, Jason. Yeah, it was a pretty Straightforward movie, though. Uh, it, yeah, I All love right, Charlie so, Day as much as anyone, but yeah. All right, so there's a big question on everybody's minds: Will Will Ben Affleck be the Batman after Justice League? Um, or has he done been the Bat? Yeah, you know, there's a new rumor though that comes out that from Latino Review reporter Maria. Uh, sorry, Mario Mario Francisco. <laughs> Robles, and uh, he says that the Batman will not be a prequel or a reboot. It will be set after the events of Justice League, but he also says, according to an unnamed source, that uh, (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal is apparently going to be the guy that Matt Reeves wants when uh, Ben Affleck decides not to come back. Uh, John Campia, who is markedly notable for uh, shitting all over the DCEU and, uh, 
presenting unsubstantiated rumors. Also said though that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was in in the running to uh, to pop into Matt Reeves' Batman movie if Ben Affleck decides to uh, to bow out. So at this point, you're using him as a mitigating factor to point out when something is a rumor or an unsubstantiated rumor. I am. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I've been but, following you know, the name along with you, and the only thing, it, the only thing, seems to be a bit I feel trollish. Like, I will say this: the only thing that I feel is an actual rumor is the Jake Gyllenhaal portion. I think Ben Affleck is done. I think he's. I think he's been done. Um, now, I mean, they're saying that like. Uh, J- John Campia says that like Affleck has been done since like February. He like, he's been out, um, and we'll get to something in a minute that talks more about that. Um, some of the stuff Ben Affleck's been doing, but um, Jeff Johns did confirm tonight that Batman is in Flashpoint. I did actually see that somewhere. He says uh, there's elements in in well, Flashpoint so that are going to be Flashpoint is decided upon at all. Yeah, I feel like Flashpoint he, is the perfect. Uh, it's the perfect time to reference the fact that in the CW verse, time isn't concrete. Mm-hmm. It, it it does feel very quick, Sandy. That film. Yeah. Uh, Johns though says there's elements in Flashpoint that we're going to be playing into that we couldn't do anywhere else. The scale of it, the Batman story of it all. So hell yeah. Well, we'll see like that see sounds that. very Thomas Wayne-y in a way. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is very, very weird about the entire thing. Oh, he's been he's, he's asked been about shipping it, himself so. onto that film for a while. And oh, I have absolutely no problems all, with that whatsoever. Been. Yeah, we all have been. Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but the the movie being developed by Matt Reeves, uh, he was it was asked if uh, if if Ben Affleck I almost called him Batman that should tell you something about what I, where, I'm, where I'm at in my mind but he's done a great someone job someone asked Ben Affleck uh, if he's still going to be doing those movies and they were like come on can we get at least get like five five performances as Batman you know and um, you know he's like I don't know about that um, he did say leaving uh, he says uh, you know the Matt Reeves movies is something I'm contemplating you don't do it forever so I want to find a graceful and cool way to segue out of it that would be Flashpoint oh absolutely um, you know who knows he he seems really weird about it he told the uh, the guy from the interviewer from Extra TV we'll see what the future holds and that might just be because you know he's sort of well you know they might not want me after Justice League um or maybe he's a little ahead of some sort of sexual harassment thing that's about to come out again. I don't know. I possibly <laughs> who knows anymore. I'd, but um, part of me thinks I don't. I don't know if it's going to actually. I think he's going to end up being. Uh, I think he's going to end up being like on his feet after all this. No, but I'm just guessing. Well, all the clickbait says that uh you know they have this headline out there ben Affleck says bat playing batman wasted years of his life uh but here's the truth of that he was on the late show with stephen colbert and they were talking about uh Affleck's son sam and he says he was you know thrilled that i was playing batman and we were starting up the publicity thing again and i was and it was coinciding with halloween and he came to me and said dad i have a costume that i want more than anything and i was like I have some connections. <laughs> and he's like, and he said, I want to be the flash. So there you go. Turned out it wasn't worth it. The whole thing. Years of my life wasted. 
<laughs> See, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Now, what's not fantastic? No. We're getting back to that. <laughs> the dark side of the moon here, man. Um, they were there was a there was a press tour thing where they were talking to a reporter, and um, they she asked what uh, heroes she they would like they would all like to see uh, in the next Justice League movie. And they all start, you know, oh, we need more women in the movie, blah, blah, blah. And someone brings up Black Canary. I think it was Ben brings up Black Canary. And uh, and then makes a crass joke about them fishnets, which makes everyone really uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, and even Ray Fisher's like, well, yeah, but okay. And then they start just naming people. And um, uh, and uh, yeah, then they... <laughs> ben. The... Yeah, and the la- and the lady, the journalist, you know, asked, "What would you get up to with the with these new characters or whatever?" And Ben goes, "Are you following the news at all?" And then like, I, I don't know. I guess that's supposed to be like an implication about all the the sexual harassment crap going on. And Affleck laughed at his own <laughs> at his own joke, and everyone just kind of glared at him, annoyed, except for Gal Gadot, who like laughed nervously. <laughs> Oh, that's rough. It was rough. really bad. It was really bad. That is a rough scene. And, like, Ray Fisher just trying desperately to try to get the interview back on track, you know? Like, trying to, like, Bless rein you, it in. And, oh, man, it was bad. Like, even, like, Henry Cavill with his big, like, Mission Impossible mustache is just, like, behind Affleck and just looking at him like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 if it, like it sounds like after they actually walked off like out of camera view everyone took turns like what is that thing where you just like raise one knuckle and pop somebody on a muscle like frogging yeah. them or something yeah yeah like everyone just that's not frogging but yeah whatever that what is mean. just like everyone just pops him in the same spot it feels like everyone should walk out of there and just be like oh you dick and just pop him in the back of a tricep or something yeah, that's what ma- that's one of the things that makes me think like he's out. You know, he just like doesn't care anymore. <laughs> See, but, but you but know, to me that doesn't like he can't. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I hate to speculate my, it again at like my, a personal level, but em- <laughs> my emotions tying to Ben Affleck in the role have dissipated. Like I dig him in the role, but I'm not sure. I think it it might be better if they just recast and got rid of Ben. He's being a dick. Possibly. Although to some extent that sounds like uh, it, it sounds like someone just vastly misinterpreting how to deal with something, but I mean, yeah, maybe, but at the same time, he's hurting the brand and his constant back and forth. And I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's because he's hearing things and people are like, well, we don't know if we want to keep you around because of X, Y, and Z. Or if it's, you know, him just being really bored with it and being like, I'm not really sure what I want to do. Either way, his responses during these interviews and his, like, lack of wanting to actually commit to doing a good press tour, they're disheartening, and he kind of just needs to either straighten up or get the hell out. (laughs) Just bottom line, you know? Like, he's not doing anybody any favors. I agree. 
I think I agree with you outright on that one. I kind of wish they would just uh, Batman him to some extent. Just, just, just throw him in a box. Like <laughs> we're not bringing him on tours anymore. Uh, Ben's busy with some other projects. He can't be here for yeah. this. He's very excited, but uh, he, he's working on some independent projects right now that that take him away from being yeah. able to do the press tour. And uh, then we see him on screen and think, "Oh man, that's a great Batman." And then we go back and we just forgive him for the fact that, you know, three months, like two months worth of press about how he's absent would do way less damage right now than two months worth of press where he's there doing stupid shit. Yeah, and I'm frustrated because, you know, that you like know, better all to be this... silent and thought an idiot thing sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's but it's like, I'm kind of looking at it in the big picture sense. I'm going like, what is Warner Brothers doing that like, they don't understand it's like everybody they hire doesn't understand how to do a thing. It's like Zack Snyder's over here like giving away secrets like, yeah, I haven't seen that film. And you got like Ben Affleck joking about like, oh, we got to have them fish nets or whatever. <laughs> it's like, do you know, have you been following the news, Ben? What the hell? Uh, it just sounds like... like why it, would you say it that? It sounds like the joke of someone who's like, like so up to their neck in a topic. That to them it's becoming uh, kind of not even funny, but it, like funny in a hysterical way, where you're like you're fighting it with yeah. humor. Yeah, and then to top it off, we've got Joss Whedon over here who's liking derivative tweets about the movie. Now him, I, I still think doing, he's trolling, and not doing any press at all for the movie. He doesn't. It's do just a lot all of press, so though. weird. It's so weird. Like Joss Whedon is not a social butterfly. <sighs> I'm that not man, sure that's completely true. Well, to say he's not a to say he's not invigorated by the idea of doing any kind of press, I think uh, I think I I can pretty much justify that one. He, nah, I, I've I been think, a fan of his long enough. I've seen him do plenty of press, and well, happily. he has done plenty. And I think when he wants to do it, he's happy to do it. But like, if he doesn't feel like coming out of his shell, that dude turtles up. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I uh, I don't necessarily agree with you, but you know. Whatever. I, I'm i just kind of annoyed. I'm just kind of annoyed by all of these people right now. By Ben, by Joss, and by Snyder. I think I think if we were covering anything else, you wouldn't be as annoyed just as a byproduct of the fact that, like, these things are so scrutinized. Yeah. I mean, I'm most annoyed by Ben, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the funniest part is, like, he might have gotten away with this on another movie. But on this movie... <laughs> Like that's one of the things yeah. he's expressed some, uh, you know, a little bit of pain in the ass about before is is you can't go do press for some other movie you're doing in between, you know, Justice League and the Batman. It, mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you do, you're going to be asked about the Batman. Yeah, that's who you are now. Oh man, I felt so bad. I uh, Matt Reeves tweeted a thing and it had nothing to do with anything DC related, and everyone who replied to him said, "Is Ben Batman?" Please keep Ben as Batman. Please keep Ben as Batman. Is Ben going to be Batman? Like, it was just pages long. That's rough. I mean, for I him. I would quit Twitter if I was him. I understand. I would totally get his back. Anyway. Uh, Henry Cavill was being interviewed by the LA Times. Looks we're, like he's... We're uh, still in Justice under... League. <laughs> yes. That was most of the, the news, honestly. Oh, I mean, uh, I figured, but... <laughs> yeah. Henry Cavill was being uh, interviewed by the LA Times. Uh, they it looks like he's under contract for at least one more appearance as Superman. 
he says there's a wonderful opportunity to tell a Superman st- tell the Superman story. Now there is a fantastic chance to show Superman in his full colors and tell the very complex character-driven story uh, or movie that is based on story and have that wonderful sensation of hope and happiness. A feel-good movie with lessons laced in there as well. And you know, I I, I want a really good Superman movie, absolutely. And I like Henry Cavill in the role. I don't want him to go anywhere. No. So uh, I'm 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 all on board for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, importantly, though, Charles Roven, not that the, not that he has any real uh, say-so over what actually gets greenlit at WB or not, but uh, Charles Roven, producer, like a was talking... He's not like an on-site producer. He's just a producer right. in general. He was talking to Comic Book uh, Resources and says, what's the, and they asked, what, what's the most unusual property in the DC toy box that you would love to bring to film? Uh, maybe not a marquee character, but a deeper dive choice. Rovin says, I wouldn't necessarily say that I would rather do that character because we know that there is going to be a Flash movie. We know that Aquaman is being done. I know that Cyborg deserves his own movie too, and I know that the fans are out there screaming for Green Lantern, that's for sure. But I was always a fan of John Jones, Manhunter from Mars. Well, Rovin, you won my heart. <laughs> I'm not sure Cyborg deserves his own movie. Oh, he does. Um, mm. well, in the I would be of, very disinterested to see it. Nah, unless I mean, they just knocked it out of the part with the trailer or something. I think you can make this work. It, it, like for you and sure. I, it's never been a character that we're super excited about. Well, you know, but honestly, it's it, part of me is like, part of me is just like I, I'm, I'm, I really love the idea philosophically about Man and Machine, but uh-huh. when I actually see it interpreted. Like, I either just need a Twilight Zone episode or, like, Data, and mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. Demon with the glass hand. A little bit of Outer Limits action. Harlan mm-hmm. Ellison. Mm-hmm. Just that, rub that on your sci-fi geek soul. Or that that new Outer Limits episode. Or the the <laughs> the, uh, the new run of Outer Limits, I'll call it. It's not new now. Right. But like, that no. modern run. <laughs> the quote-unquote modern role yeah. run from the late 90s. Yeah. Sand like Kings and Spock, Bridges, Spock yeah. defending that one uh, android. I, I I feel like I've seen a lot of this before to some extent. But that being said, you know I I I giggled uh, when he said booyah. I, I like I like the character. Sure. I just if you told me you were going to do John Jones instead, I'd be like, well, that sounds fine too. Let's do that. Yeah. But uh, in all fairness, we've gotten a fairly fairly thorough take on Manhunter over in Supergirl, so. I don't feel yeah. like I'm missing out. Like that's kind of something that I'm really appreciative of, in 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 the sense that they haven't just tr- pretended to do one universe like MCU is. And come on, if you want to fight me on that, bring yeah. it on. Uh, like instead of just pretending it is, they've just uh, DCU has apparently or Warner Brothers has apparently over over time just settled in this idea that no, we're doing separate universes and we're not going to tie them in, and that's what we're doing. And to that extent, like. If you can have a Martian Manhunter tooth, eh, mine has been sweetened. Yeah. Here was doing a fine job. Yeah. You know what? I, uh, I'll be honest. I love, I love Martian Manhunter. Uh, and I enjoy Cyborg from time to time. But, you know, there, if they said, hey, you could have a Martian Manhunter in a Cyborg movie, or a Blue Beetle in a Booster Gold movie. Oh, hands down. Yeah, imagine that scene from Seinfeld where the fire starts and George is knocking over women and children, old ladies, to get out of the apartment. <laughs> Except replace the old ladies and the children and the women with Cyborg and Martian Manhunter. 
and I am knocking over, <laughs> knocking these people over to get out to get to, to, get to the, the Blue, Blue Beetle yeah. and Booster Gold. Mo- yeah, uh, I'm sure you're going with that, but okay, I got it. Yeah, just for a second, I thought you meant that Booster would knock over everyone to get out of a place. I was like, well, that's not quite accurate. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just I, you know, I I would sacrifice several, uh, several DC movies to see a. Uh, I would probably sacrifice a, a Nightwing movie. movie. Ooh. I would probably sacrifice a Nightwing movie to see a Booster Gold and Booster Gold. Tough words from you, man. I know you love Nightwing. I mean, what are we going to do? Like, Batman Batman Light? I mean, come on. Yeah, I want to see a Nightwing movie. Absolutely. Absolutely, I want to see that. But I want to see Booster Gold and Blue Beetle more. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> it's such a weird choice. It's such a, it's such a funny duo if they do it right. I, I completely agree. This is one of those where... Um, you're faced with a hard choice, and I've, I, I support you either way. I mean, those characters have gotten short shrift, period. Like, we've seen plenty of Nightwing on screen at this point. There's a lot of it, yeah. But, you know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, they're, they're going to do a Nightwing. It's going to be Chris McKay, and I have a feeling I'm going to love it anyway. So, you know, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. Semantics on what I would prefer. Sure. You know, what I would give up for what, but... You know, I don't need any negative feedback for that. <laughs> All right, so uh, apparently Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is going to get a 4K release, and uh, Christopher Nolan is going to be. I mean, some of those were shot for IMAX. Sure, sure, and you know, I mean, Chris Nolan was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, you know, with movies, you know, you you get at least 6K, and when we shoot it, and 18K for IMAX, so you know." I'm happy to see 4K coming, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I didn't write down the quote. I just kind of remember most of what the general idea was. That'll work. Um, and he's actually overlooking all of these 4K releases. Uh, it's going to be some of his own films as well. Prestige, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk. It's coming out uh, Tuesday, December 19th. And uh, something we were talking about earlier, and we seem to touch on it every episode, uh, Doctor Strange co-writer... Um, what is his name? Cargill. I don't know his, his full name. No I idea. Write that down because I'm stupid, <laughs> and I'm a bad host. Close enough. But he says important. He says important sidebar, because I feel this needs to be mentioned. I co-wrote the Marvel movie Doctor Strange, and there persists this idea out there, bouncing around social media, that the long-time war between fans of DC and Marvel comics somehow carries over to those who make and distribute them. It does not. When it comes to comic book movies, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. When something like Deadpool catches everyone off guard and makes a dump truck of money, the industry does not shudder and spit bile with jealousy. It does backflips. Great comic book movies make people hungry for more comic book movies. Bad comic book movies make people talk about getting burnt out on them. So, do I want Justice League to do to, to be good and succeed? No. I want it to rock my face off and make several dump trucks of money. <laughs> just like Wonder Woman did. <laughs> Because I want to see and maybe even make a hell of a lot more comic, a lot more great comic book movies. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, no, I I've got his back a hundred percent. It has like no. it has never really been it, the readers, yeah, but not the creators. I mean, the creators used to jump between Marvel and DC depending on who gave them a better contract. Yeah, I mean Jack Kirby I mean, is like you know. a substantial part of both universes. Mm-hmm. 
And Brian Michael Bendis just jumped from Marvel to DC. His his contract went up, and yes. he decided to move over to DC exclusively. So, now, and I'm not even happy about that because I don't even really care for Bendis. <laughs> but the point remains, he's all right. <laughs> he's had some good stuff out there. It's kind of exciting. I'm interested to see what he's going to bring. Then again, I didn't like Ultimate Spider-Man. Whatever. I do kind of like Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, there you go. <laughs> so we have some feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're done with the with the movie news. We have some feedback. Uh, we got a new iTunes review, and in the interest of being fair, it is a negative review. Let's do this. As happens, whenever there's a movie that comes out, it's... some uh, honestly, well, if it's only it. if it's only one, yeah, it'll it'll be under par. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, subject line delusional. Oh, I like where he's at. By, mm-hmm. by Blanketsburg. Oh, he doesn't have like a real thought. <laughs> the actual review is they thought Justice League was the best thing since sliced bread. Apostrophe. Nuff said. That's some old Stan Lee shit right there. <laughs> but it's fine. I you know. I don't know where this guy's coming from, or a girl, or whoever well, this I under, is. I understand the Stanley thing, but I haven't read this, uh, so without it, ed, without editorials, yeah. what do you got? What I have is they obviously didn't listen to the full review because we we mentioned from the get go that we this is not a perfect movie; it's a flawed movie. We had issues with the movie. Um, I think we just chose to enjoy the hell out of the movie instead of like picking it apart sure. necessarily. Uh, I mean, it's pick apartable. Every movie is, uh, but you know, uh, I wouldn't call us delusional. We are aware of of the problems inherent in the film. Importantly, though, they got the characters right. Yes, the villain was shit. Yes, he looked like shit. Yes, Henry Cavill's face looked like shit. The editing was weird, but I liked it. Sorry, that's pretty well <laughs> encapsulated. Is that all he said? <laughs> yep, that's it. That's that's it. I that was really it. hoping there was some expounding. Um, nope. How many stars did that net us? You know what? I don't know because Feedly doesn't tell us, and I don't have iTunes on my computer. I've got it on my on my uh, tablet, and I didn't feel like it was worth looking. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess less than three. I'm gonna go with less than fifty percent on that one. But if you'd like to, uh, you know, go over to iTunes for those of you who, even if you don't agree with us, think we're okay, guys. <laughs> Pop over and get us, give us some positivity. Just want to be supportive on Please. a, on a, jeez, on a, on a personal <laughs> level. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on. Uh, Rob over on uh, or at Speculum Fight on Twitter says, uh, "I hope the score works. Uh, it doesn't scream creativity to use the thirty-year-old theme." I'm not really feeling what I've heard so far. I have the CD and vinyl pre-ordered, though. I really hope the score works out and blows me away. I hope it did. I haven't heard back from Rob on whether it did. Um, but uh, I do like I do like the mentality. Like, he wasn't feeling it, but he still pre-ordered the CD and the vinyl. That's the part that stands out is, is dude, yeah. I've got to give you points for commitment here. I was right? bitching earlier <laughs> about how I don't like buying the $30 Blu-ray. <laughs> and you've pre-ordered what must be about seventy dollars worth of materials. I, yeah, I, and I always love that that name. I laugh every time off. I see his name. Which what's the name again? Well, he goes by Raab, but his actual Twitter handle is Speculum Fight. Nice, um, as it is on Instagram. Yeah, 
I like that. Yeah, I just I, I noticed. I I really I I hope <laughs> I hope that works out for you. I really do. I I didn't notice any problems with the score. I'm not. Here's here's one of the things. Like you, mm, that is a rough argument to even get into. Like if something's mm-hmm. 30 years old musically, is it nostalgic? Is it honoring it? Or is it cheating to go back to it? I that's a whole freaking conversation, man. I think it depends on the intention. Even that's an entirely different look, conversation. Is I think it depends on the intention. And to be honest, let's let's look at the the truth of the matter. WB has had their biggest problem has not really been what the tone was or what the story was. The because pro- Marvel does shitty plots about every other movie. Let's just be fair. They're stu- they're, they have plot holes and shit, and it's fine. No one blinks an eye because it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun, and no, we, like, we want to like it. I don't it. think it's that... It's not that straightforward. They're not shitty plots. They're just rote. Like, yeah. some of the plots that Marvel's dealing with, same as some of the plots that DC's dealing with, are the yeah. same plots that we've been dealing with since language was invented. Yeah, okay, but that's not, my, that's not what I'm trying to get hung up on here. I understand. My point... <laughs> my point is... Marvel, the, what they're dealing with is like a fresh take on the characters. It's like the first iteration of these characters for so many people outside of the comics. Sure. One of the big problems for Warner Brothers is a lot of these characters have previous iterations. Like, there's still people every day I sign into Twitter and I see somebody bitching that Grant Gustin isn't on the big screen. Get the hell over it, dude. But you know what? Never going to happen. You That's gotta fine. live with this world. But one of the big, when you start thinking about like how music affects us, which is something we've talked about in this episode mm-hmm. previously, mm-hmm. when you start looking at that, I think it totally makes sense for WB and Danny Elfman to go, you know what, we need these classic themes to try to make people feel like these are the characters that they fell in love with, these are the characters that they you know grew up on, even if they're kind of not in, in every way. I think they're they're not wrong about that. Even that I don't think it's laziness. I think it's like, please like us. This is the thing you like. No, I I think it's, <laughs> yeah. Even there are just even too many that's iterations like a, of like a fun argument between like, is it okay to reminisce about something, and then is it okay to reminisce about something for a paycheck? And where do we where do we draw the line between nostalgia and uh, cheap gimmickry? I mean, there's there's a group out there that I've run across. And to me, small, philosophically, you're bringing up a ton of points that are like worth their own yeah, hour. Sure, but I mean, there's a group out there that's like while they're while they're admittedly small, they are ferocious in their belief that they hate Henry Cavill because Brandon Ralph didn't get a fair shake. <laughs> I mean, Superman Returns was the first thing they ever saw of Superman. There are people who are pissed that Dean Kane never got a fair shake. He got four seasons. He was fine. Actually, by the way, did did you see that picture of uh, Brandon Routh and Dean Kane on the plane together? I didn't. They like ra- they ran into each other on like <laughs> they ran into each other on a plane, and Brandon Routh took a picture of like two Superman go into a plane or something like that. It was please, funny. Please tell me they stood in the middle of the aisle and held up the ceiling of the plane as though they were keeping it afloat. They did not. They just sat in their in their seats and looked confused, which was okay. That's good too. Accurate. For those two. That's good too. <laughs> but if I had been there. I'll, I like both of them, but 
they they are not nearly the first person that comes that comes to mind when I think of Superman. <laughs> like you remember the Supergirl shot from like did you get to see the last couple weeks? Like Supergirl like holding up the plane from the inside kind of thing. It cracks yeah, over and she's Supergirl. gotta grab Alex and all that stuff. Like yeah, like flying yeah, yeah, from the yeah. inside of it, the whole thing. Uh, yeah. That's that's where I would have gone with it. Alright, uh Matthew Salvatore on Twitter says, uh, Snyder versus Joss, XL versus Elfman versus Zimmer, reshoots, runtime, and now the score. I'm sure I've missed at least two more conflicts about this movie. Unreal. Absolutely childish. We are getting a Justice League movie. Just enjoy it. It is killing the Justice League vibe. I I mostly agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we should throw away our need for a good movie and our expectation that it should be a good movie. But I also don't think it's as nearly as, as bad as people are acting like. No, and I don't want to, uh, what is it called, Pollyanna? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to Pollyanna anything. Is that a verb now? Can I use it as a verb? I, I don't think I've heard it as a verb, but uh, you, might as, you might as well be the one to start that. Okay. I don't want to Pollyanna anything, but um, yeah, but I, I really like where he's coming from. Yeah, it's frustrating. It really is. Just on a personal level, it is super frustrating to... Just uh, like it, your feelings, your feelings are your feelings, and you know if you are dis are that damn disappointed in this movie, I feel for you, and I'm really sorry. There are elements that I'm really like I don't like. I wish there had been more of that floating the rock the floating rocks from you know uh, Dawn of Justice, but it looks like Batman just you know zapped him back to life. I like to think he was maybe even in, in a, just in a coma, and he just needed a little extra push mm-hmm. to get out of that casket and get into the sunlight or whatever, so that you know he could heal appropriately. Right. Um, that's that's what I'm head cannoning. Again, we're back to head cannon, which is where I, we started having issues with this shit in the first place back in our Man of Steel review. If you want to go check that out, actually, I don't. But I don't. Have we pointed that out yet? That this is the least head cannon we've had to actually use. I mean, yes and no. I mean, when we have when we start digging into this, when we actually get like a home video version of this, and we actually dig into it, we're gonna have there some headcanon. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot, but um, you know, on his face, the characters were right, and uh, that's the most I care about. Uh, even though I do kind of wish I could, uh, I had some, you know, I, I had like just a Zack Snyder version of this movie where, like, for real. Where I found out, like, what was he going for in the first place? Out of just sheer curiosity, because yeah, I've seen the other two movies. Yeah, you know, that's just esoteric for me. Like, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just academically. Also, let me retract that. I I think Wonder Woman was at least as coherent as this movie. Mm-hmm. I I I think I have to use about the same amount of head cannon to make any of it work. <laughs> Maybe. Um. <laughs> Jonathan Vargas at Joni the Mooney on Twitter says score is great. People got spoiled to think that Zimmer's generic string ostinatos and horns of doom are superhero music. Elfman brought a real thematic identity and made homages to old and new themes from the DC scores. I can see what you're saying, bud. I do. I I'm not the I'm I'm on record as not being the biggest Hans Zimmer's fan. I do like the Elfman stuff more. Honestly, that being said, I did miss a few of the themes from BVS in this movie. So, you know, again, I'm torn. I I ride on that fence with pride. (laughs) A large crease in my crotch from riding that fence. Uh, Fair enough. 
uh, Gerald Edwards at G underscore Edwards underscore the second on Twitter says, I have been listening to you all for a year and I enjoy catching your podcast while I'm at work. Even though I disagree with Danny Elfman saying that his Batman theme is the only theme for the Batman. I can't wait to hear his score in Justice League. And uh, he never followed up with us to let us know what he thought of it. So, uh, Gerald, what do you think, bud? What did you think? Would you Did you like it? Did you Did you dislike it? Did Have you stopped listening to us because we're delusional? It's possible. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Marcelo Paradella at Bola Puck, maybe? P-U-C-C? On Twitter says, I've seen the movie, even the Wonder Woman thing got more epic with Elfman. Not sure that was true. I really like that Wonder Woman theme, honestly. <laughs> uh, it, but yeah, it did feel it was good. It felt different, but I don't know. It it may have just that visual of her standing on uh, standing on Lady Justice might have been enough to kind of like ramp it up in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Story, Old Man Rick, sixty-eight over on Twitter says, "Love the movie. What's up with that opening scene, though? Everything else made me smile." Yeah, that opening scene was weird. I got what they were going for, and I liked that. But his face was weird. You know, the uncanny valley of it all. All right, the uncanny valley uh, part, yes. I, I thought it was a good sentiment. Like, the thing yeah. that I liked about it was that that the sentiment they actually presented in that opening scene um, it, like made a promise to me about where the movie would get me. And I kind of appreciated it. Now, yes, his face looked like yeah. no. We've established that, <laughs> but I, it, it really like it. It still looked better than even Injustice and Injustice Two Superman. Who, I'm not sure what I would say he looks like now in Injustice Two, but in Injustice One he looked like uh, B.J. Novak from The Office. He actually did look more. Actually, uh, what was the? Is it Max Headroom? Max Headroom. <laughs> yeah. Like if you put him in the same chamber that. Uh, like Jeff Goldblum's The Fly went into, like if you Cronenberged mm-hmm. Tim Daly and Max Headroom, I think you get Injustice One Superman. Yeah, I don't, but yeah, I don't he looked. Know weird. how to Cronenberg this particular one, but yes, it was distracting. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a the multiply we have to have outside the parentheses for us talking about this entire movie. Right. Yes, that mustache looked weird. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do about that, but I did like <laughs> the fact that. It did. Like it, it made a promise to me about how this is going to be like a character that kids look up to. Yeah. And I really liked that. Yeah. So also, uh, Rick goes on to say, really enjoyed the DC on screen review of Justice League. Thank you, Thank man. You. He says, you you guys sounded like two giddy schoolgirls, and rightfully so. I would have loved to catch it live, but you did a fantastic job. Uh, thank you so much for saying that. Those are nice things. They were. Seriously, uh, I got like three hours sleep that night. <laughs> I mean, the next day at work was absolute hell. It was it was bad. Yeah, but admittedly, you just couldn't go to sleep because you liked the movie so much. Yes. No, it wasn't the workload. It was like, I was super excited. Yeah. Uh, Randy at RandySF45 on Twitter says, Thoroughly enjoyed Justice League and was my son's favorite movie of the year. Pro gave us the heroes we hoped for since Man of Steel. Con, first part of the movie looked rushed. Hope we can see an extended version on Blu-ray. Everybody... Is hoping for that, except for Jason. <laughs> I, can I? Can I? Oh, can, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Here's here's the messed up part. I'm sorry. I completely detached from this podcast for a second. Uh huh. My wife. My wife just brought me like 
the complete Christmas collection of the Beatles on vinyl. What? She just, like, wandered into the room and sat that on my desk. Wow. That's... That's pretty great. So, uh... I'm gonna have to listen to that pretty immediately. But, um... You were saying a thing. I'm sorry, it was very distracting. Oh, oh, okay. I was just making fun of you. That was it. I can deal with that. Don't worry about it. And I assume whatever, um... Randy said he hoped we see an extended version. I said everybody hopes that but Jason. Uh, yep, I'm caught up now. Yep. Okay, I understand. Yeah. I heard laughter, but I was just thinking like, oh my god, I've got to I've gotcha. listen to all this. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so... Well, really, I, I was looking at like one we... track. I'm like, I haven't heard you. All right, anyway, go ahead. Uh-huh. Sorry. <clears throat> we were mentioning... I mentioned Dur- congratulations on the, you're on your Beatles Christmas thing. It's, it's a very... Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy right now. Go ahead. I know. Um, I'm gonna have to get with your wife just so she like gives you something like that every time, like right before every show, just so you get in a good mood. I, I I'm great. Um, can, can I mention the love of my wife right now? Because yeah. that's Absolutely. that's a real thing. Uh, Absolutely. Pretty happy. That's a nice like Sergeant Pepper's looking Beatles on the background. Anyway, all right, we should get back yeah. to actual the thing we're yep. doing. Absolutely. We haven't touched TV. All right, no, we haven't touched TV. Uh, like I said before, we have uh, reviews on Facebook now. Jonathan Lynette reviewed and gave us five stars. Said, David and Jason are great. This is on Facebook. I don't know if I said that. Maybe I did. But, I think you did. Uh, he says, David and Jason are great, guys. I was lucky enough to win their first giveaway contest and earned my daughter her first comic book. I look forward to their podcast every week and enjoy their takes and opinions on DC film and TV. Keep up the awesome work, DC, on screen. Thank you, buddy. Yes. Also, uh, um, super glad he's safe. And on a sports yeah. level, congratulations. I don't know what that means. You don't need to know, Dave. It's all right. I don't care to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I do care about is that picture of, of his daughter holding that Superman book that we got. Oh, that's nice. And, oh, my gosh. Bring a tear to my, air, my time. What? Bring a tear to my <laughs> eye every time I see it. Bring a tear to my time. And a, every bo- time your time has to deal with a tear. J. Scott St. Clair reviewed us on the uh, on the Facebook page, gives us five stars, says, Consistently entertaining and well-made podcast from some honest and earnest fans. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Deej Penhalo also reviewed us, gave us five stars, and said, I love DC on screen. Look forward to it every week. Dave and Jason are the best dudes, always giving love. Uh, this is Deej Penhalo of the Nerd Talkalypse podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, long-time listener, Sherman Smith on Facebook tells us just saw justice league good movie. If the hero's characterizations are done well and the story is done well, it doesn't matter if the movie had a stock villain. I don't think Diana was objectified at all. Even daredevil would comment on how hot she looks. That doesn't take anything <laughs> away from her skill set or her intelligence though. <laughs> she is an attractive lady. It's not, it's almost that. It's like, it's not worth commenting on like the fact that she's an attractive <laughs> person. I, that just that goes unsaid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't. I didn't see the objectifications honestly in the movie. I I just didn't. But you know, if if that's what you saw and you and you know you want to be angry about it, God bless. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I mean, explain it to me. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me, like, well, I mean, look at the crotch shots and the ass shots, and the, I'm like, yes, but I saw a lot of those on other people as well, like men, so, I mean, I, I don't I know. I keep thinking, um, actually, uh, let me make a prediction. I, wouldn't it be Honest Trailers that does this? Where, like, I, I think there's going to be some moment where Honest Trailers mentions that this was really just a movie about what do they call it like the superhero uh knee bend shot it's like the thing that uh yeah. deadpool was making fun of like oh she's gonna do the superhero drop or whatever it was right like there there was an amount of those in the movie that i kind of thought okay come on did we not have a quota there wasn't a there yeah. wasn't a max amount like especially when I mean, they're getting off you... that ship the first time, where it's like every one of them does it, and there's almost like a two second delay. Like that was a that that mm-hmm. was actually a pull out moment for me. Where I was like, okay, this is this is weird. Why are we like everyone just hopped off that ship in I, costume? I wondered if they like changed Cavill from having a shirt on to being shirtless just for the notion of like trying to distract people from his awful face. <laughs> no, it wasn't that calculated it was more magical they just assumed he should have his shirt off <laughs> because and they weren't because wrong. that was the right way for the world to exist <laughs> just so happened uh, about the mustache right <laughs> so look uh you know i'm sure we missed some some uh some feedback we got a lot of feedback this week and uh, a lot of it was just absolutely handled completely on on twitter and uh you know, I, I wouldn't want to recount those entire conversations or anything. But if we missed you and uh, we hadn't responded to you, I'm sorry. We had a lot of uh, feedback as well on our on our live review on Facebook. So, um, but keep keep writing to us. You'll get a response, prob- most likely, even if it's just in the form of a like or a heart. Sure. Unless it's on um, that particular <laughs> video, probably not gonna catch it. Yeah, that's just crazy. We had a, like over a hundred, like a, over a hundred comments on that on that video. It was nice. Anyway, if you're not following uh, the television stuff or you don't want to be spoiled on something over there, we'll say goodbye now. We're on uh, Twitter at DC on Screen. We're on Facebook DC on Screen Podcast. You can look for us there. Uh, search for that, and um, you can call us two zero five two five nine six three three one to leave us a voicemail. And uh, if we're, we might not be back next week, uh, we've, we've got some stuff coming up in our personal lives. And uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do a Saturday show or Sunday show or if we're just not going to do a show altogether. But uh, Monday is booked, basically. Yeah. We normally, uh, we normally we'll be do back Monday. The week after, if not. We might be able to work it out. Come on, it's a holiday. We're having trouble here. Bear with us. <laughs> All right, over to DC TV news. Uh, starting off with the Arrowverse, awful news, obviously. I'm sure everyone's heard about it already, but we'll recap it briefly. Uh, Andrew Kreisberg has been suspended over harassment allegations. Supergirl and Flash EP, Andrew Kreisberg, uh, that is. And uh, this came pretty immediately after a report described... Uh, sorry, descri- described? What is that? Described a detailed history of harassment... From the producer, 19 women have spoken out about the behavior. Uh, that includes un- unwanted touching, massage requests, unwanted kissing, among other things. Uh, there was even a report that maybe maybe he, he wanted Melissa Benoist to come in because she was like nude in some show. Home- Homeland. Was it Homeland? Yeah. Is that what? I, the, like, yeah. The way, I think it's Variety. Um, the way they report it, it sounds 
like it's like a premium cable show and the person's topless and he's Christberg is talking to another uh Mel producer at the time and uh yeah. the the other guy came on and it just sounds a little like it sounds a lot like it was Benoit's that they were talking about is like the reason she got the audition was because he had talked he had seen her top like the whole thing's just freaking grimy and creepy yeah. and off putting yeah cuz according to the reports apparently he's just a creep and we're going to have to deal with that yep um but yeah so all of the women reported a steady output of sexualized commentary they said they had there was a uh, quote toxic feeling when Kreisberg was around. Warner Brothers says they are conducting an investigation. One producer claims that she went to a quote high level producer at Berlanti Productions with her concerns over his behavior and says that after her report, quote nothing happened, nothing changed. According to Variety, sources close to Berlanti had denied that he had any awareness of the matter, and that he certainly would have reacted had he known. Kreisberg has denied any inappropriate behavior ever occurred. In the wake of this matter, uh, Greg Berlani and Sarah Schechter, heads of Berlani Productions, have held mandatory meetings with all staffers while they're being while they've been filming in Vancouver. According to Variety, in these meetings, it appears Berlanti regrets not doing more about the problem before it came to this. They are also trying to stress to their teams that this is a safe environment and that they will be supported if they come forward with information about harassment. Uh, one staffer said. It seems like they're committed to repairing the damage that's been done, but in some ways it feels like too little too late. Another added, until action is taken, according to HR, seems like a fool's errand. Uh, I want to believe the process can work, but I'm not just uh, but I'm just not sure it can. I have to see evidence of it first in the form of him being gone permanently. Benoist, uh, Emily Bet uh, Rickers, Grant Gustin, Katie Lott, Stephen Amell, and several others have all given lengthy statements in support of the victims. Now, uh, Benoist, Kyler Lee, Candace Patton, Daniel Panabaker, Katie Lotz, Maisie Richardson, Sellers, uh, Tala Ashi, uh, Emily Bett Rickards, and uh, Juliana Harkavy and Katie Cassidy have combined forces to create Shithority, an online global collective with the goal of creating a positive, inspirational space. They aim to create a positive place for women and feminine. And the feminine to inspire, empower, and share. The actresses have been sharing their stories on the platform to try to cultivate sharing on the platform. If you want to help, the, uh, they are selling T-shirts. The proceeds of which will help expand the platform, and also go to Girls Inc., a nonprofit organization that serves girls ages six to eighteen. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of crap going on out there, man. Yeah. A lot of people like even even sliced alone is under under fire for it. Uh, a lot of people being called out now. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, it's I'm pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad that's a thing that's not okay anymore. But uh, uh, three things: one, Girls Inc. Uh, my wife has actually been involved with that on several occasions. That's a legit. Mm-hmm. That's a legit institution. If you want to help it out, please do. Um, two, the T-shirt they're making cracked me up because it's like all of the starlets that are involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're it's like uh, she thirty. Yeah. Um. On the front, and then on the back, it's just like all of their faces, and then it just says, we've got your back. Mm. Kind of funny. But, um, yeah, the whole thing's just troubling. The whole thing's just troubling, man. It just feels yucky. Like, it, it was hard to, like, read that news and just watch the shows. Just You know, honestly, I didn't feel any more amount of yuck when I watched the shows. <laughs> I think I just have a... a I think I have enough yuck for those shows anyway. Well, there's there's never been like a behind the scenes yuck. Like it, it was 
Well, I mean, there right. have been at times, I guess, but for different reasons entirely. I, um, yeah, to that end, I know what you're saying. To that end, though, like I, I'm glad everything's coming out. Everything everyone said is, uh, especially the the people we mentioned, and there were there were many more that came out other than just the names we we called out here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, among among many things, like uh, some of the stuff Benoist uh, said were like Supergirl levels of hopeful and optimistic. I, it's hard not to kind of like read this scene and hope like this isn't maybe this is the new direction. We'll see. Well, but these people weren't the people who were doing it in the first place. It's, you know, like, I don't, like, yeah, I mean, you can go out there and you can look and see what all these people wrote. And, and But, you know, these people weren't the people who were the problem in the first place. No, no, no. And honestly, <laughs> you know? like, the only reason we haven't, like, the only reason we're not just word for word describing their reactions is because they're just super long. And overall, we get the gist of it is, uh, I mean, we know this is bad. We're we're in this. We're going to fight for a safer workplace. Yeah. Things we can agree with outright. Absolutely. Now, um, they've released the CW fall, fall premiere dates: uh, Supergirl January fifteenth, Flash January sixteenth, Black Lightning January sixteenth, and Arrow January eighteenth. Now, you may notice that Legends of Tomorrow is absent, and uh, it appears Black Lightning will be taking over their time slot with new episodes uh, when new episodes resume. No word on when Legends will be back. It doesn't appear to be canceled. Uh, who knows? So, apparently, Legends of Tomorrow Season 3 has an 18-episode count for this season. Uh, what were the episodes you said that uh, Constantine were on? 9, 10. 9 and 10. Yeah, something right. about so Bebo and then they'll schedule that out. Dark. <laughs> Daddy Darkest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to deal with some, some magical folk. Yeah. So, uh, you know, who knows how they'll wind up airing that. All right, so uh, now this has been out for a minute, but we've been off. Uh, we should mention it. CW dropped its first promo for the crossover event. Uh, more importantly, uh, they put out an extended trailer. It's pretty dope. Like it is some of the coolest, some of the coolest uh, choreography I've seen. Yes, out of any of this. Yeah, it, and just looking at like each scene, it it feels like there are going to be some some great moments in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like the fact that they took themselves very seriously. Like it it doesn't just open like this. It doesn't feel like a normal even TV event. Like they drop the WBDC logo before and and characterize it. Like uh-huh. they're very proud of this. Like it looked like a movie's trailer that I was watching. Yeah. And there's an awesome bit where like Melissa Benoist is like, or Supergirl mm-hmm. is like, there are 52 Earths, and then like Harry's like, eh, 53 actually. We don't talk like, about the 53rd. Oh, oh, yeah. What? All right. I don't know. I'm I'm down with it. Yeah. I'm oh, down with yeah. the sickness, man. I mean, this I... is good. <laughs> <laughs> Catch that? Did you? I did. I too have been disturbed without a knee. <laughs> <laughs> I say that's all. track one off that album, <laughs> but that's been a long time. Um, no, the the speaking of music, actually, the thing that I think I was most impressed by is like that is one of the that is one of the neatest pieces of of score they've had almost outright. Like 
That is a fantastic yeah. little bit of music they've got going on behind this trailer. It is. I don't know where they're going to use it, but I feel like the, the, the I feel like some of the, the hair on my body is going to stand up when I hear it. Don't tell me where that body hair is. I can't specify. <laughs> you won't know until until it's upon you, I, man. I this is we're all just going to be filling this out. Forgive my phrasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Grant Gustin was talking about it. Teased the scale of the event. Says there's more people than ever included. Some of the biggest sequences you'll see with the most superheroes we've ever seen together at any given time. But we stick also, at least the Flash side of things, we stick with the comedy we've had all year. That still exists within the crossover. Barry and Kara have a few interactions that are fun. Classic Barry and Kara interactions. I meet a couple new characters. It's bigger than ever before. Phil Klemmer promised an emotional upheaval saying, You'll be surprised that Legends is capable of making an our, making our audience cry. You're right. If that happens, I will be surprised. Okay, I've gotten a little... <laughs> I won't be surprised. I, I, I Snart's exit was tear-worthy. Yeah. It can uh, be Klemmer done. goes on. It can, it can. Glimmer says, I thought last season really learned, uh, sorry, learned, leaned into the comedy, and that season three, we tripled down on that. There's some ludicrous moments. Yep. He says, <laughs> things get bananas. And yet, in this crossover, we have this thing that happens that will honestly move you to tears. All right, well, whatever. I just feel like they're <laughs> telling me something's going to go away. But at the same That's time, fine. like, they're also telling me that Victor Garber has plans to leave. Uh huh. So if those two are related, eh. Mm-hmm. Not that it won't make for a moving <laughs> moment, uh, moment, but uh, moving uh, a movement. No, that's a real word. Well, look, man. Uh, we 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 have a few things that we know have to happen. Victor Garber has to go away, and uh, Amaya has to go away at some point. Sure. Those things are are solid. Yeah. Over the Flash. Specifically, there are some new character breakdowns that they've revealed. The hashtag or that hashtag show found a couple of new character breakdowns for it: uh, male, late twenties, late uh, to late thirties, African American, a gregarious and good-natured metahuman who has the ability to read minds. He, his gift becomes a curse when criminal forces capture Dominic and want him to use his powers for evil. Think young Sterling K. Brown type, recurring guest star. Uh, Internet's best guess right now is Dominic Lance, a.k.a. Brainstorm. I'd, I'd probably side in that camp. Uh, then the next one is male, 30s to 40s, open ethnicity. Neil is a blue-collar, likable, good guy just trying to make ends meet. But unbeknownst to him, he has radiation-emitting meta powers <clears throat> that could cause the whole city to suffer a nuclear... Not nuclear. An actual nuclear. Right. Not yeah. nuclear, Victor yeah. Garber. I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> catastrophic explosion. Neil is unaware that he is hurting people. Think Martin Freeman in, on The Office. Uh, performer must be bald. Possible recurring guest star. Um, yeah, again, best guest uh, from the internet is Neil Borman, a.k.a. Fallout. Um, but what was that? What was the character? It was, the, was it Fallout in Young Justice? That was the bald guy who was, like, brainwashed into, like, destroying everything. In Injustice? Neutron? No, not Injustice. Sorry, Young Justice. Oh, Young Neutron? Justice. Neutron? Was that his name? No, I don't know. I don't know. It's been too long. I'm sorry. No idea. <laughs> okay. You watched it uh, over to... sooner than I did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. My first thought was uh, like, to... that sounded like the, the poor kid from the uh, uh, Gods and Monsters. 
Oh. Uh, but that was like nuclear kit or something. I, 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 that also has been too long. Yeah. Yeah, Neutron. Neutron and Young Justice is what I was thinking. Nathaniel uh, Tryon. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Gotcha. When I when I read that until, yeah, you were saying Neil Borman or Fallout. I was like, hmm. Yeah, but Neutron was bald, too. <laughs> anyway. Fair. Uh, over Look, to Legends. Uh, the Internet's best guess right now. That's uh, all I can think of. Yeah. Uh, John Noble. This is exciting. I like John Noble as an actor. John like Noble to voice Malice. Uh, big bad of the season for the season of Legends has a voice. It is John Noble of Fringe and Sleepy Hollow and a million other things that didn't air on Fox. Um, <laughs> Guggenheim promises he'll uh, begin to get fleshed out as a character pretty soon. So, yay! I'm still like three weeks behind on Legends. So I have to catch up. Like I'm behind on Arrow and the Flash at this point. Not not the Flash. Sorry, Arrow and Legends. Those two. Those are the two. I'm really behind on. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, like, binge-watched Supergirl a few nights ago and then binge-watched The Flash a few nights ago as well. Gotcha. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been doing it in entire chunks where, like, I sit down for several hours and just, just plow through an entire thing. And I, I don't know if that's no. going to happen. It's it's hard to predict right now. I, I, I don't yeah. know when that's going to happen, but it's just like, let's click next and go. Yeah. Oh, and you, I, I'm going to bring this up really quickly. I'm sorry. I'm going to pop back to the Flash really quick. Mm-hmm. Ralph Dibney is annoying as crap. <laughs> like, I have never seen someone try so hard to be Jim Carrey in my life. Oh, I'm not getting that out of him at all. <laughs> but what's even worse than any of that, though, to me, is like those awful ads that they keep playing. Like the special stretch ske- scene where he's like... They, or like even within the actual episode where they're like doing the close-ups of Caitlin's computer, the little Google thing, Google pad thing, whatever they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so clearly like, oh, Cisco's picking up the thing, and like we're not even seeing characters; we're just seeing like Cisco's hand picking up the thing with the logo. And I'm like, are we really doing this, guys? Is that really gotten to this point? Is it Google <laughs> or is it the Surface? I don't even know. I I don't know any. Actually, that's a anymore. great argument against this kind of product placement we don't remember it's just a stupid tablet <laughs> and i have no interest in yeah and maybe that keep, works like, against doing us, close-ups like, of it. it like maybe we're the people going like we don't even remember this is worthless and then they're like well we need to double down we'll have them talk about it for two and a half minutes on screen this right. will be an entire like they'll you'll come back from commercial, they'll talk about this product for three and a half minutes, and you'll go back to commercial, and that's your entire act break. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. I really hope they don't do that. God, God willing. <laughs> Let's not go <laughs> no, there. No, not God willing. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> Please, God, do not will it. <laughs> excited about this this is news that just dropped today pop music legend billy joel is gonna be on arrow <laughs> and there's gonna be a terrorist that like caden james is I'm, I'm assuming that's gonna be um michael emerson mm-hmm. threatens to uh threatens a major event at star city for the thanksgiving episode Guggenheim says a variety of ideas were discussed, but then we did, we settled on a rock concert, and I knew it had to be Billy Joel. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> Guggenheim says, I've been a fan of Billy and his music since I was seven years old. He's always been an inspiration to me, personally and artistically. I told him as much when I wrote to him to ask for his permission to use his concert footage in our episode, and when he agreed, it was one of the happiest days of my career. So he's not even like properly on there, it's just going to be concert footage. Fair enough. CW waits for you. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I mean, as silly as it is, I love Billy Joel. Like, to death. Like, <laughs> I have so many Billy Joel albums. <laughs> That's it. I named it, or mimicked it, or whatever. I've got, like, the one Billy Joel song that I really like. <laughs> Vina waits for you. Oh. That's what I've got. It's on playlists of mine. I really like that song. Other than that, I I don't I don't know, man. No, I it's not like I've listened to album to album, but it's the only hit that I've actually heard that actually that stood out to me. No scenes from an Italian restaurant, man. Come on, no Allentown. Mm, I don't even know. I'm sorry. I feel under informed. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all right. We'll we'll we'll. we'll, we'll. We'll fix you up, man. I've got I'll what I got. Get you a good copy of Glass Houses. I'll get you a good copy of The Stranger and Glass Houses, and maybe even a copy of Piano Man. I think we. I, uh, I think I actually have a copy of The Stranger. A little, little bit of the nylon curtain, you know. Make 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 sure you're you're real good. And Pretty real cozy sure I have a copy Billy of The Joel Stranger and... somewhere. I like, I think I have that <laughs> on vinyl. Stranger's fantastic. What a fantastic album! Just phenomenal. Just uh That doesn't mean I've. I mean, Billy. I've Billy's not my favorite by any stretch, fully. but. Got some great stuff out there, man. Fair enough. His, his daughter's actually a pretty good singer as well. Anyway, um, so, so according Kurt to Stephen Amell, of all places, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, strange things. According to Stephen Amell, the uh, Bruce Wayne name drop was his brainchild. Here's his story. He says the original version of that script, which came out right before Comic Con, it was just Oliver referencing a famous name. I can't even remember what the placeholder was. I think it might have been Justin Bieber. I looked at it, and I thought to myself, this is a cool opportunity. I talked with Greg Berlani about it, and Greg said, you know, I think that it would behoove you to just go directly to Jeff Johns and simply ask. You'll probably have better luck than I would. It's kind of telling. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with Berlani and John's relationship? Actually, I have a guess about that. All right. And I feel like if Berlanti went and said, hey, I'd like to drop this name. I think that's the same kind of person that, like... Did, Is secretly planning another series? Yes, did Arrow thinking, oh, there will come a time where I can do Flash. Whereas, like, uh -huh. Stephen Amell is just really excited about one idea, and that's all he has to worry about. <laughs> one moment versus, come on, man, I can't commit yeah. commit millions of dollars to this thing you're you're, like, backing me up to right now. I can see that. Uh, so he continues, I was at the DC Comics party at Comic-Con. Jeff and I were supposed to meet and chat quickly. I couldn't track him down, and the next thing I knew, I ended up in a four-way conversation with Peter Roth, Diane Nelson, and Kevin Sujihara all at the same time. <laughs> I was like, guys, I have an idea. It will cost you nothing. I think it'd be really fun. It opens the door to a lot of possibilities. I've always thought that our iteration of Oliver, Oliver Queen and the way that we built his character obviously has so many similarities to Bruce Wayne and Batman, and so much of the inspiration for the early parts of our show were taken from the Nolan Batman. Uh, I've always thought that Bruce Wayne would be an interesting ally on the show. 
and an even more interesting villain to Oliver, which doesn't mean that he's a villain. It just means that they don't like each other. So anyway, I had this holy trinity of DC and Warner Brothers television and Warner Brothers overall in front of me, and I pitched this idea. I've got all my follow-up points, and Kevin Sujihara goes, yeah, sure. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, it sounds like fun. Do that. So we did it. I didn't actually believe that it would make it until I actually saw it in the locked cut. But that would be fun. That'd be really fun. I I, I look, love man, everything we, about that. We have Tyler Hecklin Superman. I say we bring in a Batman. Can it be like Ian Summerhalder? Can it be <laughs> like just rectify that mistake from Smallville right now? <laughs> <laughs> it 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 can be so much, but I love so much about the conversation Amel has. Like he's he sounds like a Comic Con fan. That sure accidentally found himself in a conversation with powerful people instead of uh-huh. like being the representation of a titular character of their like show that made everything else happen. It, mm-hmm. I, I, he just, he just sounds so excited. It's, I don't know, man. It, it's such a charming story from that angle. Yeah. I'm down. And I like the fact that he was surprised by like, like the it it sounds a lot like he he had like a PowerPoint presentation mentally at least that he was willing to mm-hmm. to give him, and they were like, oh yeah, that sounds fine, just go with it. <laughs> he just like sat there like, well, but I, okay, all right, yeah, all right, over to the the new Titans show. Jeff Johns has teased the Doom Patrol. Uh, Doom Patrol. Uh, I, don't, I still don't think I said it right. Doom Patrol. <laughs> there you are. Third times. Over on Twitter, Ryan K. Potter tells uh, Jeff Johns, thank you for your time today, brother. Can't wait to show the world what everybody, uh, or everyone is cooking up. Jeff Johns responds, my pleasure. Loved talking about all things hashtag Beast Boy, Green Tigers, Doom Patrol, and Halo. We're going to have a blast. Uh... Meaning he's going to kill the Doom Patrol in a very hardful <laughs> episode. Yeah. Where they save the 19 people. Mm-hmm. It's Jeff Johns, not Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Well, I didn't have plans with the Doom Patrol, so I just decided let's kill him. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be kind of funny. It'd be kind of funny to kill him. I don't know. It, it could be. That's that's a popular ending for it. It could work. <laughs> <laughs> Over to Gotham, uh, the synopsis for episode 311, uh, A Dark Knight Queen Takes Night, mentions a familiar smile returning to Gotham. This will be the December 7th fall finale of Gotham. Uh, best bet is Cameron Monaghan's Joker, uh, no, sorry, not Joker, Jerome. Very clear on that, it's Jerome, <laughs> not Joker. Yeah, don't misspeak. I misspoke in the genuine sense, not in the I am a liar politicians uh, iteration. <laughs> The best bet is Cameron Monaghan's Jerome makes his interest here. Uh, Brian Winbrandt, co-EP, talked about this story, uh, his story arc this time around. This is really something that just we as a room cooked up, and it's a really unique and original kind of take on a story line for him. We feel like where the killing joke was so obviously and intentionally a touchstone in the last run, there is nothing of that kind of ilk for this. Now there's always things that will make you go... Oh, it's a little bit like this, or it's a little bit 
I see the inspiration there. I see the inspiration here. But this is a very original kind of take on this story, and we're really excited about it because his reintroduction into the Gotham world is going to have him crossing with characters we've not yet seen him with, uh, which is really kind of a theme we've been playing with this whole season and something we've challenged ourselves over designing this season. All right. Well, fine. Um, yeah, now, I I, I want to like impose that over that theme they had going from like what was it, a year and a half ago, where there were the ha ha ha's on the back, like mm-hmm. the idea that there weren't that it wasn't just a Joker, it was multiple Jokers and all this crap. Yeah, I feel like there have been a lot of misleads from the production team of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Like so, if if you combine the like, oh, it's it's just the idea of, of, of Joker and all that. I It could get us to somewhere really interesting, but yeah, they could just be messing with us. I have, I have a hard time. <laughs> oh, Brian Winbrandt was also talking about recasting Ivy again. He says the change was all based on the idea that she's continuing to evolve to become more of the Ivy from the comic books and what we really enjoyed. Uh, what's been really cool about her character and Maggie was so great was you had Claire for the first iteration be the child who was trying to find her way in the world. Then we see her evolve into the second iteration of Ivy played by Maggie. She's amazing and embodied sort of a fun kind of comic and zany quality to her who then starts to see that she wasn't being respected. So she wanted to do something about that. In this third evolution, you're going to see a very, uh, see a really self-possessed, really scary and driven version of the Ivy character who is intent on kind of making the world in the image she sees it should be, which is the green world, the world where the plants rule and the people are an afterthought. I mean, you know, obviously that was the the point all along. I just, I honestly wanted to see Maggie do that, but whatever. My only objection is that young actor or actress uh, could have done that just as well. Absolutely, Claire Foley could have done that as Claire well. Claire could have done Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I don't know what she's uh, doing right now. Lucifer. And, and bless her, she was good though. Mm-hmm. She was creepy. The good kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. She was solid. But over to Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-showrunner, uh, co-showrunner Joe Henderson <laughs> says the center man. Co-showrunner. Co-showrunner mm-hmm. Joe Henderson says the center man story comes back with a fury and carries us into our crazy mid-season finale where we'll finally get some answers and ask a whole new batch of questions. I know people have been eager to get back to the center man story and I promise it'll be worth the wait. You know, I forgot about the center man story. <laughs> well, I didn't. But I, I kind of did. I kind of appreciated that other people are wondering, hey, where are we? Remember that story you guys promised to tell? Yeah. Like, where are we doing the, the four episodes you had in the can? And where are we doing the new season? Yeah. I almost wish they would, like, drop the previously on Lucifer and just do it. I, I yeah. Well, in, in all fairness. I bet one of those. I you know I can't remember well enough, but I bet I bet the episode where he goes to find candy in Las Vegas was part of last season. At this point, if if it doesn't connect to the news story, I would just assume and work backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, we've we've got some other stuff. Injustice Two, uh, the newest fighters have been released. This is going to include Enchantress, the Atom, and the freaking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, damn. How do you like? I want to play this now. Yeah, I know. I understand. Officially, like Hellboy and the Ninja Turtles. Did you watch the trailer? Uh, I heard about it. I didn't actually watch it all. 
You know, the funniest part is, like, you see the introduction of the Ninja Turtles, and they look uh-huh. like badasses. Uh-huh. And they look kind of fun, like, it, in the way that they're all getting on to... Uh, well, like, uh, Michelangelo says something along the like, I've, I've got the witch, and they're like, no, we fight as a team. Um, it, it has that dynamic that you appreciate, but, mm-hmm. you know, the funny part about it is, like, Adam looks like the badass out of it. <laughs> like, That's awesome. He, he takes on Enchantress by his damn self. Well, sure. Like, she throws magic shit at him, and he just kind of, like, smalls himself out of the way. <laughs> For lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. All they right. all look like uh, perfectly yes. wonderful, viable fighting characters. It's it's hard mm-hmm. not to want to play these people. Yeah. Like, I wish there was an all adult right. Chuck E. Cheese I could just go to and knock this out. Right. All right, so a few days ago, uh, 4chan started a rumor that Superman was going to be like the, big, the next big game that Rocksteady Studios was doing. And uh, they were, they were saying there was going to be like a, oh they're going to be on the cover of uh, Game Informer you know, mm-hmm. and we actually got feedback from Chris White about this telling us about all this and then like before we got a chance to air it though uh, Andrew Reiner one of the executive editors of uh, Game or the executive editor of Game Informer uh, was asked about it and he was like why do you keep why do you keep asking me about Superman talking to all these people and then everyone told him about the 4chan story and he went ha 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 no. Superman, no. <laughs> so, that's done. Um, now, Gotham by Gaslight, though. Actually, you know what? Chris did ask us. He did ask us in the in his, like, what we wanted out of a Superman game. It to be doable? Yeah. I mean, he's just got to have the mechanics of Superman. I want an open world mechanics of Superman game, really. That's all I really want. That's... I want him to fight, you know, Luthor, Brainiac, uh... You know, it's it's not the standard. Like, it's not story. Doomsday. It's you. I guess it's incredibly hard to make a game that's an open world game where you have mm-hmm. a character that can do what these characters can do. Like it, even Flash, really difficult. Like if you do yeah. it, if you do it, you have to dumb down the visualizations in a way. I, it it's it's technically extremely difficult to actually pull off. You know, I don't think so, not necessarily. I, you know, I think you have, uh, you can do a thing where you have, like, instead of, like, thugs and stuff, like you did in the Batman Arkham games, you have, like, robots who all have, like, kryptonite-based weapons. Well, that part, like, that part's fine. It's just getting in between things. Like, getting in between things in the Batman games, you can literally run along the street, which is fine. You could do that uh-huh. in a Superman game, too. But you couldn't do it and keep the resolution where it needs to be and keep, and, and make it look like a coherent city like you couldn't make metropolis and keep the level of graphics you expect from you know xbox one or a ps4 now Uh or whatever version of pc we're at at the at the moment you couldn't keep that level of graphics and have superman or the flash run across even one block of city street doesn't make sense anymore you have to find like a cool way to kind of animate moving along those blocks like it's it's the same way that like even in mario brothers you went into a pipe and there was an animation and you came out somewhere else yeah did you ever play enter the matrix yeah i saw it i didn't actually play that one there i was, saw that one that was a cool 
that was a pretty cool game. I think it was just for the. Uh, I can't remember if it was for just for PlayStation or PlayStation Two, but it was a. I want to say PS Two. I want to say PS Two too. It was yeah. pretty. Yeah, it was a pretty damn cool game. They had bullet time, where but you had to like build it up. They could do that with Superman or the Flash. Didn't either that one. With, uh, I want to say Max Payne. Um, I wouldn't know about that. Problem I, is I though, like that. you can do bullet time. Bullet time is one thing, but like bullet time is you have to. That's within a context, like. You have uh-huh. that entire field animated, and you can just kind of move within it at your leisure. You can't do that with an entire city, which is what theoretically no. Superman should be able to do. I mean, I guess you could. He do should that be able with to bullet time. City. No, I mean, no, you can't. That's my point. You cannot theoretically bullet Why? time an entire city. You can't put that on a disc. Why? You can't put that in a game. You can't actually articulate that digitally right now. It's impossible. I have no idea what's impossible or possible based on these games. I just don't. I don't keep up with it enough to. to I don't know the the technology. I um, I think I got. If I'm wrong, correct me. But I, the technology is not there for like a bullet time of an entire city. It's just not there. Maybe not for the entire game, but that's what I'm saying. Like bullet time would run out on Enter the Matrix. So why wouldn't bullet time be able to run out on Superman? Like you have but to that like. What bother it... me is like why would Superman have a bullet time capacity? You know, because you you build you can build into the engine. Uh, you know he can just like Supergirl can and Superman actually it started with Superman. He can exhaust his powers by doing like the supernova eye blast thing. Yeah, you can. Why you can't can he exhaust his powers? Whatever. Yeah, so when he when he d- uses his powers, he's you know slowly draining his powers. Stuff like bullet time would cost more, and you you put it on a system like that. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it it could, but it wouldn't be the traditional view of the characters. Like, we're talking about a Superman who, on an average day, with no, you know, no Doomsday or Lex Luthor Kryptonian device inhibiting his 24-hour schedule, uh, uh-huh. just traveling within the city and correcting whatever, you know, whatever wrongs he wants to. I don't it's see like, like any given story, any given story at any moment, we're looking at like a snapshot in time, like a few minutes, like a good 10, 15 minutes maybe of an entire day of Superman, right? If you're playing an open world game and it's picking up right where it leaves off, where like they're doing the thing where it's like enhanced time, where it's like, you know, hours are passing, like they do in the Arkham games, like they do in the old Spider-Man games from PlayStation, uh, in those open world environments, which also had sort of a bullet time Spider-Sense thing. Um, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't see a problem in having his energy run down the more he uses it. Is there's a clear precedent for it in the source material? I think that there is absolutely a way to do it. Is is it trickier? Yeah, but instead of gliding and running around on ropes and shit, he's just flying. Uh, <laughs> he's got super strength. You just make his, you just do the same thing, but with you know more powerful enemies, and uh, put it on you know his abilities on an expenditure level, like like during the, uh, you know, have it actually become night. He's a little less powerful at night. Let's do that. Like his powers run a little lower at night. Um, that, uh, that like, you know, I think that's the only way to do it is what I'm saying. Uh, running a little lower makes sense to me. And, you know, uh, romantically I've always loved the idea that like Superman protects the day and Batman protects the night. Sure. Uh, but realistically, come on, he's, he's, he's a storage cell. Of the the sun's power, I, I I couldn't really get behind that. 
that would that would well, I mean, that would there, actually there, like, cause uh, me some you know philosophical problems with the game. <laughs> yeah, but you have philosophical problems with the Arkham games. I mean, Batman's leaving people like laying in puddles of water, dying and stuff. So that's a real issue. <laughs> I'm just thinking instead I mean, of Zaz, I, I, you know, calling on the damn phone. There's like as Superman, you're flying through the city and like you just keep hearing meows. And it's like cats being stuck in trees that you have to keep saving. No, that sounds Instead of doing right. the actual... Like, how many uh, side missions can game? you do? All right. No, but for real, like, it... it I, I probably laugh for, I don't know, three and a half uninterrupted minutes the moment I watched uh, some poor Arkham Asylum inmate underground whose face was completely engulfed in the in water... Uh-huh. And his his uh, digitals, his bio signs read unconscious. <laughs> and we left it there for like 45 good seconds. And it just said unconscious. And you looked at his, his poor little digital head. Uh-huh. I, that man was completely engulfed in water. I, I, I don't know what, I, I mean, I... <sighs> or you do something, you do something like where the first Superman game, until you like work out the engine. Mm-hmm. You do, you know how they kind of put, they just threw Batman in Arkham Asylum. In the first, the first game, to to work out the kinks of the engine mm-hmm. itself, uh, semi open world, you do the same thing with Superman. But what you do is, uh, like maybe uh, you start the game out with he gets like infected with some sort of alien disease or Luthor concocted some kind of thing, and he's at like you know a degenerating ability factor the entire game. Like he's just, he's sick and he's trying to find a way to not be sick. That's the game. Mm. For the first one, and you know, you figure it out, and you move on. Give us a red sun. Give us, you know, <laughs> like Luthor could put like a filter on the sun, an Instagram filter on the sun, and make it red. <laughs> I don't know. Soups versus Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Gotham by Gaslight. Moving <laughs> on. Is going to be released digitally. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight is released digitally on January 23rd, 2018, with a Blu-ray edition dropping February 6th. Uh, the Blu-ray special features will include audio commentary by Bruce Timm, Sam Liu, and uh, Jim Krieg, Caped Fear, the first Elseworld, a featurette exploring the influence of Gotham by Gaslight's graphic novel release, a sneak peek at the next movie Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, and a copy of Showdown from BTAS and Trials of the Demon from Brave and the Bold. It's also, they've also released a Gotham by Gaslight trailer. It looks pretty cool. Uh, the animation looks a little shittier than I want it to. Like, it looks a little less up to snuff than I think it should. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I kind some of, of this looks a little forced. It, You know, I honestly would have rather them taken a little more time on it and made it look like the Mike Magnolia stuff. I think I would have preferred that. But I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. But, um... Uh, yeah. I understand. Now we have, uh, we have some feedback. Brent Clark at Brentac Prime on Twitter. This is the cat that, uh, that does, uh, Fans Without Borders. Fantastic show on the Squadcast Network. Uh, you should go check that out. Um, he has some correcting for us. He says, nitpick time. Wells called Barry the Flash, not to his face in the second episode of the show. He started using it halfway 
uh, half to two-thirds of the way through the first season because I said they didn't use the, the, the name Flash for most of the first season, I think, or the whole se- I don't know what I said. Um, <laughs> I also said that I thought they called him the Blur. He says Barry was the streak. Blur may have been mentioned once, but streak is what he was called the most before Flash. And uh, he's right. The Blur was, was, was Clark in Smallville. The streak was on the Flash. And as I said on Twitter, I'm I'm sorry, guys. My memory got a little <clears throat> blurry. Yeah, I agree. I was actually sadly proud. Of, I was sad enough, sadly proud enough of that joke to 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 reiterate it here on the show. I was probably wrong. <laughs> um, I was complicit, and I uh, I side with Dave. Yeah, our uh, <laughs> our listener nerdy tastic uh, on Twitter says. Just Fred Tassacor. That's how you say it. I don't recall what she's talking about, but I'm sure I screwed something up. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Scott Madison. There's there's nothing I'm more sure we're wrong about than when someone sends, like, here's how you pronounce it. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't worth all the work to put it in, but someone actually left us a voicemail, and all they said was, Mirakuru. <laughs> and hung I, up. I say Mirakuru. I'm sorry. All right, whoever this is, whoever this is, I swear I've said Mirakuru every time. I think I screwed it up or something. I don't know. I'm sure it was me. Or maybe I was just, I said, I, if, if I hear Mirakuru one more time or something. I don't know. I don't know what the point of it was. But it, it was funny. Fair enough. Not enough for me to put on the show. Also. Because that's work. <laughs> work is work. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I thought we had that right. I I know we had it right. I'm just, I think I accidentally stumbled over my own pronunciation once or twice. Fair enough. Uh, or maybe even, or maybe I just said I didn't want to ever hear about Mirakuru. See, I did it again. Mirakuru again. And the guy <laughs> decided to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Some nice combination. Maybe he's just taunting. I was gonna me. say like, yeah. You know, if we didn't get it right, that's fine. If if we um, uh-huh. just said it wrong too many times, okay. Yeah, I I I'm suddenly very supportive of this. <laughs> All right, one more piece of feedback. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Scott Madison over on Facebook says one universal truth we can count on in any CW Arrowverse show. When a character apologizes for keeping secrets and says, no more secrets between us to someone else, it is an ironclad guarantee that there will totally be more huge secrets between them very soon. Completely agree. I laughed really hard at that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That is... I read um, it like two days ago, but it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nail on the head kind of, kind of thing. Yep. Also, doesn't feel like we hear enough from him. We don't. We don't hear enough from Scott Madison anymore. We used to hear a lot from him, and and I don't know what happened. I guess he's just been busy with whatever, life. I'm just going to challenge him to uh, chime in more. I mean, I know he was over on the Cosmic Potato Show with Sean Ray, Mm -hmm. talking to this guy who wrote a Quantum Leap novel, who knows the Belisario, Donald Belisario and whatnot, Mm. the... The, the creator of Quantum sure. Leap, you know? Yeah. And uh, Scott pitched a reunion movie to the guy, and the guy says he's going to put him in contact with the people in charge at Quantum Leap. Well, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah. 
That's pretty exciting, yeah. if, it, if anything comes of it. And by the way, that episode, like, Scott talks about all, like, his pitch, you know? He, he, it's a fine pitch. Like, Scott's got writing in his blood. He should be doing that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's going to call it. I, I'm going to call it. Uh, <laughs> before editing, we're at three hours, so we're going to call God. it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you can find us at, on Twitter, DC on screen. You can find us on Facebook, same place, DC on screen. You can just type DC on screen into your little search bar and you'll see our page pop up. Remember to go over there and leave us a five-star written review on Facebook or on iTunes or both. Both would be amazing. I would love you forever if you did both. Um, uh, so if you want to leave us a voicemail and, uh, you'll probably be featured if you don't just say one word, or two Oh five, two five on the word. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if, if the news is, you know, thrown out before you, we get a chance to air it, I'm sorry, Chris. I really am. I love you, buddy. <laughs> 205-259-6331 for, I will say, a chance to be on the show at this point. Um, I did tell him, I was like, yeah, I'll put you on the show. And then, like, I read, I was like, oh, the news is debunked. Eh. Mm. <laughs> Talks for like a minute and a half telling us this news, and I just feel bad about it now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is rough. I'm sorry, bud. I'm sorry. That is uh, so, yeah. I'm sorry, man. Anyway, uh, dconscreen.com for every every episode for free. There's no paywall. Go subscribe to us on on things, whatever. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever your pods are caught. Uh, that's it. We're done. Until next time, which may not be next week. I'm not sure yet. Keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David Z. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band Future Elevators can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Eli Ophelders of Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud and can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Le migliori firme con sconti fino al 70% direttamente a casa tua? Ora si può, con il servizio shopping da casa di MacArthur Glen La Reggia Designer Outlet. Puoi acquistare le collezioni primavera-estate comodamente dal tuo divano. Vai su lareggiadesigneroutlet.it, contatta il tuo brand preferito e completa l'acquisto online. Le firme che ami, mai così vicine a te.